June 7th, the new season of Bert the Conqueror airs on Travel Channel. Check it out. I am really proud of it. It is fantastic. So, uh, so set your DVRs, tell your friends, spread the word, help me make money by making television. And the only way I can do that is by you watching television and telling everyone and just lie about it. Tell your friends it's the greatest thing you've ever seen since the last Star Wars. Uh, it is a great season. Uh, I think the first ones that come out uh, are, I think it's Maine and, uh, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. But in this season, I rupture my testicle. I have a panic attack in front of a bunch of kids and I fall apart crying. Uh, and they've let me go completely. Like, they let me do whatever I want this entire season. So it's a lot of fun. You'll really enjoy it. I promise you that. Um, let's run through some dates real quick. Uh, this weekend, I'm in Brea. Next weekend, I'm in DC Improv. Uh, you were like, next weekend? What the fuck's that? It's the third weekend in June or May right now. Second weekend in May. Uh... Last weekend in May, I'm at uh, Helium in St. Louis. Thank you, everyone in Philly, for coming out to my call and sick to work show. Um, and then Bert the Conqueror is June 7th. The weekend after that, I think I'm in Orlando. Or no, Flappers, Orlando, Schomburg. These are just dates coming up. Go to BertBertBert.com. Uh, all right. So oh, follow me on Snapchat. We talk about Snapchat today. Today's guest is someone I met uh, through Josh Wolf. He introduced me to her, and uh, I literally fell in love with her. She's so fucking funny. We hung out the whole time at Laugh Fest together. She's just chill as fuck. And uh, we had a great two-hour conversation about about everything. You're going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Annie Letterman. This is... You fucking crashed it. Um, do you need anything? Water or anything? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, let's see... I think this is, I just bought this camera the other day to take my sets. Grab a seat. All right, perfect. Um, I just started, and I'll tell you why. I got, I did, I had um, a set in Virginia Beach where this kid proposed, wanted to propose. And I was like, oh, that'll be a good... Thing to jerk off to? <laughs> I'd love to masturbate to this. Did she say no? I would have squirted. No, she said yes. She said yes by videotaped it, and then it went got on some TV show. Except it just comes yeah. up as comedian gets helps yeah. guy propose. And then fucking... Can I tell you what drives me nuts? It's like people were like... Like people... On my team, theoretically, we're like, did you know he was going to propose? I was like, yeah. Like, are you serious? <laughs> By the way, can I tell you what I, I just so you know, like, I brought, I mess with them on stage. Uh-huh. I bring them up on stage. I, I, we do a shot. My shirt's off because that's how I yeah. perform. I tell him to take his shirt off. Turns out, it just randomly turns out we have similar body types. Uh-huh. Um, and I said it was why I said it was girlfriend. I said a blindfold her with my shirt. I said feel our chests. Oh, that's and so guess, gross. Guess that you which put your one. gross shirt on her face. <laughs> that's so disgusting. I go guess which one is your husband, your boyfriend, and which one's a total stranger. And then as I blindfold her, he drops to a knee. Yeah. Did you know it was going to happen? I fucking orchestrated yeah. it. I was so frustrated. So then, so I videotaped that and then it got picked up on some TV show and I was like, well, thank God I have my camera. And then I was doing getting ready for my hour and I started videotaping everything and I started realizing that if I videotape it and I watch it 
and I go back, I really actually, the laziness of me is gone. Yeah. I start really like working through the joke and instead of, and I find the fucking slacker part of my comedy. And then this week in Philly, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know how, if like I'll be hat. able to release this. I was just, I was thinking about you all weekend. I was like, did this motherfucker wear his Philly's hat for me? No, I, uh, you're so Philly too. But, uh, Garbage. this, I was in Philly and this fucking total Philly girl. Uh-huh. I mean, like with the disgusting accent uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. I would go to tell the machine story and she's like, hey, can I translate your machine story in sign language? And I was like, okay. And so she came up stage, gave my camera to someone, someone filmed it. So I have like a 15 minute video that is funnier than the machine story that I've ever done because I'm watching someone translate yeah. it. And you know, like, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I think we all know this. Like, we've all run into the. Sign train, like we know the hackiness that can derive out of that, and the easiness, and like the low hanging fruit that is that. And so I have that (laughs) attached with the machine story. It's so fucking great. Yeah. But like, so I bought a new camera, and I I like it. Uh, It's a little bigger than I would have gotten. I would have gotten smaller, but it's a really good camera. Where were you at in Philly? Helium. Helium's so good, isn't it? How'd you get rid of your accent? It comes back. I mean, I lived in New Mexico for seven years. Really? And then I lived in New York. Yeah, but I, it comes back the minute I go back. Even when people go, people go, are you from Philly? And I go, yeah. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I, it just comes out that fast. But it's, it, 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 in a weird way, I don't know if this is going to sound like a compliment or not, but like. You're the, a disgusting, filthy pig. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> no, the, the dirtiness of like that accent yeah. makes women sexy. Well, yeah, it's garbage people. And my boyfriend's from Jersey, so, like, I know what he likes about me. Like, I know yeah. the parts he likes about me. And I like the same things about him. Like, he's just a total wig. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you can't, like, wash that off. Yeah. It stays on your I forever. follow you on it. You're the only reason I'm on Snapchat. <laughs> I've been... I've <laughs> fought, I, yeah, you're the only reason I'm on Snapchat. You are such a good artist. Did you like when I created a son for yes, Mother's Day? Yes, so great. <laughs> I just got... I just... You're the only person I follow. Oh, my God, we have the same sunglasses. Yeah. Oh my! God. I actually thought about. I knew you had these when I bought them, Are you and I was like, "There's going to be a moment where Bird and I are wearing the same sunglasses." Because I had them in brown. I like them in your color. This Mine is are like, more feminine. They're very. They're like like old Jewy. Yeah. Like there's like pinky ringy. Yeah. Oh my God! We're almost the same sunglasses. Yeah. Almost identical. What a uh, my. You know they're called the boyfriend sunglasses, right? No. Which means they're like girls wearing boys sunglasses. Are you serious? So I wait, mean, they're unisex, but they're called... They're not unisex. When I wear them, it looks very feminine. <laughs> <laughs> it really does look feminine when I wear them. I swear to God. Like, there have been times, like, I like them because they cover all my eye. Uh, That's why I like them. Yeah, well, I have a really big head, and so sunglass shopping is really, really difficult. Head. Did you know that Asian people have a hard time wearing sunglasses? Because they don't I'm have just, nose what? brows? <laughs> Did you know that? I just was like so scared of what was just about to come out of my mouth. And I'm Someone, so glad you just said a thing before I could say anything. I, I want to say My brain my, was like, what's like the most racist, hacky thing you can say right now? No. My I, brain was grabbing for it. Margaret Cho told me she has a hard time wearing sunglasses. Because they slide down? They slide down her face. <laughs> I terrible. pray to God Margaret Cho told me that and I didn't just make that up. <laughs> you didn't just I swear it? to God she told me that on my podcast. Either that or another Asian person told me, oh yeah, we have a hard time wearing sunglasses because... Like, yeah. not every sunglass will just fucking work. Like, was it her? Michael Richards might have said it. Who was and it? And adversely, Jewish people destroy sunglasses. Oh, they're so, they crush them, <laughs> they, man. They crush them. It's hard to get them off. They it's really difficult for them to get them off. It's hard. <laughs> oh, what is it? What is it about, like, 
did you did you grow up like that? Like, what was like racism like when you were a kid? Well, my dad is old as fuck. So my dad was born in the early forties. So he has something in him that's like. He does the thing where he's like, I love black people where you're like, oh, my God, but you have to say it because like when you grew up, it wasn't so. But I always thought like the N word meant like stubbing your toe because my dad said that was like his word that he would say (laughs) out of like anger and hurt. Oh, that's so it was never like he but he was never like these fucking black people. Like he never was like that. Where did you grow up in Philly? Well, I grew up in the suburbs in Cheltenham, uh-huh. but I did my best to make it seem like I didn't. <laughs> I'm such white trash. Like, I just, I really just looked like, like, my neighborhood was kind of nice, but then I was like, I dressed like garbage. Like, I would wear, you know, like the lip liner. I still wear hoops and oh stuff. I mean, I really was like a wig. Really? And yeah, just full on, like, crunchy hair. Oh. And I would walk around in, like, really kind of slutty clothes and stuff, and everyone else was just like normal families. I just like brought filth in. That's so, why? Like, what was that? What was the draw to that? Well, I just, my friends I hung out with were garbage. Really? And I just wanted to be cool. Yeah, I just thought that was cool. That was like the style I liked. I listened, I would listen to, um, what was it? 98.9, I think Hot FM. I would listen to like R&B and hip hop. Like, I just thought I was so cool. So funny. I, I feel like that has, how old are you? I'm 32. I feel like that is the generation though of your generation is this like kids um hip-hop like i was into hip-hop but like i this is gonna sound really cheesy but like my first introduction to hip-hop was like the fat boys and fresh prince of yeah. bel-air or fresh prince and like <laughs> and so like that was uh your intro to comedy was the beginning of the fresh prince of bel-air yeah the, was but, the beginning <laughs> song i love that rap song i, I, I sang that song in a meeting at nbc with him oh you did you made him they said uh, I had it in my head. We had dinner the night before, and they were like, "You need, you know, think about what you're gonna say. Think about being yourself. Think about being loose. You got to be able to hang with Will." And I was like, "Okay." And so I knew we were going to NBC. Please tell me this was you were trying to get Hitch, the movie Hitch. No. Please tell me we that was a, what we were it was. doing a movie. We were doing a TV show, much like I'm sure Van Wilder it would have been identical to yeah. Van Wilder, and we were doing a TV show and. uh we went into NBC and everyone was telling jokes because they all knew each other. Yeah. He had worked there for years. And then he was like, but this isn't about me. This is about Bert. Bert, tell him about you. And I said, well, this is a story. <laughs> all about." And it got a big laugh and everyone was like, see? And so, yeah, but. I, I imagine I, people are just biting their tongue around him constantly trying not to do that. Did you try the night before to not do it? Were no. you, was it like on the, t- the, it was tip, on the tip of, of your my tongue? tongue. Yeah. I always found that if I have a joke on the tip of my tongue, hold it there. Don't yeah. ever let it out. And then use it the there moment. will be a moment. Because yeah. even if you let it out, then it's when it's in the perfect time. Yeah. Like I, I did a, I did a some bowling pilot one time, and <laughs> and I did rehearsal. And wait, I, what was the premise of it? Uh, so let you remember celebrity poker. It was celebrity bowling with celebrities. Bowling with celebrities. I feel like they wanted me to go out for that. Um, you, you were too. You probably. Are you sure? How long that. ago was it? it? Was a while ago. Well, then they tried to remake that show. They did, Chris. So oddly enough. They made the pot, the two people that tested for it were me and Chris Hardwick. Mm-hmm. So they, I, I don't think Chris Hardwick. Just the, kidding. No. Oh, <laughs> by, by the way, him. I've never was, seen him everywhere. It was just a fucking two years ago that that was a valid question. Yep. So um, not nothing against Chris Hardwick, but yeah. trust me, yeah. I knew Chris Hardwick when people said who. But he was also for my generation. By the way, he they was all said, said who about me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's one of my things about Chris. He's been 
I don't. I've never known him to be a nerd. Yeah. Like I know he's a nerd now. He was cool as fuck was when I met cool, him. Yeah. He's always been cool as fuck. Oh, you mean that guy that was always hanging around Jenny McCarthy? Yeah. I was like in her I was like, full prime. I was like, dude, I idolized you when I was in college. I Carmen wanted to Electra. be you. Yeah, he just I didn't know you were. A, I didn't know that I should have been a nerd. <laughs> but I have seen him uh, in his nerd defense. Uh, I've seen him with Mike Lawrence. Do you know Mike Lawrence? No. He's like I'm sure a nerd I do. I'm comic. sure I do. I'm sure. Watching them talk about stuff, I was like, it, like it's so oh, no. real. I was so grossed out. I was like, ugh. He's a nerd. No, he's a nerd. I couldn't like, believe me. what they were talking about. I was like, you guys are. Re- this is real. It's it's this the dichotomy of people. Everyone's different. Everyone's got a couple sides of their of their personality. And the thing about Chris Hardwick is I I followed his Periscope for a while. Yeah. And he was dating Hurst's daughter, Patty Hurst's daughter. Oh, really? I yeah. And and the the way he approaches life is very nerdy. Yeah. Like he is a nerd. Yeah. Like he tr- like I was like I was like I just didn't know that about him. Yeah. But like when I was in college, I was like this dude's bad as fuck. Yeah. He's got the coolest job in the world. Yeah. He's going to spring break. He's getting laid out the ass. And then I met him in LA. And I was like, and he, he partied, mm-hmm. and I was like, and he got into stand up, and yeah. I was like, I was like, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. And then he quit partying, and I, I saw him a couple times during that time, but he did like shipwrecked, which I don't think, I, I think, I don't think it was, uh, like, his personality is was being the smarmy cool guy. Yeah. I guess he found himself in podcasting, which is valid. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't know how we got on this subject. Because I said who, and then we went on the... What was Oh, Chris Hardwick and I <laughs> went out for this bowling. This, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a Disney show. We both met the producers. The they couldn't show. talk about it. They didn't want to let it let out the premise. And we just both met with the producers. And then I got it. Uh-huh. We're doing the rehearsal. I'm killing a rehearsal. Yeah. And then we go to do... We're doing two shows. We do... By the way, key... One of the keys... Key and Peel, one mm-hmm. of them was on in the show. You don't know which one. I, I don't, don't know, know them apart one. either. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just don't know which. I don't watch Joe. Um, I don't, yeah, but those are their real names. Yeah, I know, but I don't know which one's which. Yeah, I don't know which one's which either. Yeah, so I'm the the taller, light skinned one is, okay, was yeah. on the show. He was and on Mad TV, right? They were, I think they were both on Mad TV. Oh, they TV. were? I think so. They both were like, I don't know. God, man, we are destroyed. We could never work for one hot Hollywood I don't, minute. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh,. <laughs> So that we do the we do the show and I bomb I bomb because yeah. I had wasted all my jokes in rehearsal. Uh huh. And they we like go into like a meeting in between the two shows and they sit me down and they're like duh, duh, duh. like you need to talk more bowling jargon, and then I go I literally go you guys should have hired Chris Hardwick and they're like no 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 you're the right guy I go no you know his dad was like one of the hall hall of fame world famous bowlers and they're like what. <laughs> So you just yeah. gave him the job? I go, no, I had the job. There's no hiring him now. They passed on him. But because they didn't tell him what the project was, they never found out that his dad was a fucking champion bowler. <laughs> you should have seen the looks on their faces. Like, we passed on a guy who's I just am surprised they weren't like, get out. We're going fig- to figure oh. this contract thing out. We'll get Chris Hardwick. No, they, we, had to, it was, we were shooting on Chelsea Pierce, so we shot another one. We shot some with Where the Where did Jack it Eskins. air? Never aired. It was a pilot. Oh, it was a pilot. Got, didn't get picked up. Um, didn't sell. I think they were trying to sell it in syndication. And then, like, I, I think I told Chris Hardwick this. And then very shortly after, he did a, he did a celebrity bowling show. Oh, really? That's he funny. did a celebrity bowling show. Well, did you... How many um, failed pilots have you been in? Oh. Uh, a, a bar park at, like, 30? Yeah, it's amazing, huh? 30 or 40? Maybe f- almost... I know. I only have three. Oh. Oh, yeah, but I... I 
see, I, you 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 got screwed, and you got a benefit to your career. Yeah. So you started your career when it was very easy for you to make your own stuff. Yeah. So right now, theoretically, for very little investment, you could be making your own pilots and putting them out there. When yeah. I started the business, it you it took someone had to have money mm-hmm. with very few ideas. So a lot of times it was just like. People like I got into the business right when I don't know. I think bowling with celebrities is a really good idea. <laughs> it was it was the only problem that the thing that sucks about it is that as soon as you get into a good conversation, someone's got to get up and walk and bowl. <laughs> so, like uh, whatever the guy from Key and Peele was very yeah. fucking cool. I like that guy a lot. Yeah, he was very funny, and I try I tried to make like race jokes. I'm sure, and he did not. <laughs> and he wouldn't have, which made he you was, respect he was him very more. Sweet, and he was trying to like not let me bomb. Yeah, but I'm sure a couple of them were like. Way too on the nose, and he was like, "Whoa, huh. don't make me make let me feel like a person, Bert." <laughs> but uh, but so when I was in it, like the big camera, the big technological advance for us, for me, was the Canon GL GL one, I think. Uh huh. So once that camera came out, then you had the ability to shoot things on that DV tapes that looked good. Yeah, and so. Those little fuckers, and you'd have to put them in the bigger tape and to no, get it in a VCR. No, oh, you just ingest them, and then they'd and the, oh no, for production, you just ingest them yeah. into a into an input, and then you had to you had to like it, it was no downloading. You had to watch the whole fucking thing. Uh, but that camera was like five thousand dollars, and it allowed a lot of people to start making shit. So I started making pilots. You get a, a, like ten grand yeah. to do a pilot. And you would just do pilots for everyone. I did the fucking weirdest pilots. I did one where I looked for the world's fluffiest dog. I looked, (laughs) or the world's best dancing dog, the world's fluffiest rabbit. I did one where I. uh, Those were separate pilots? These were all separate pilots. I was. The (laughs) The whole premise of the show is to find one specific thing? Yeah. I did one with the. I did one like animal competitions with leaping llamas. I did. uh, I did. I did uh, one where we went into people's celebrity houses and the people walked through someone's celebrity house and they had to figure out who the celebrity was like i did oh so God. many fucking pilots Were the, did you say no to them ever never never once said no not one in time your whole ever. career my whole career i've never once said no to a project oh my god i say no all the time i never say no but i'm but once again um i also had a at your age i had a family so yeah. like, I, had, I had kids and so I, I just was like thanks I for bringing that wife, up bert no. <laughs> you barren bitch you fucking selfish loser. <laughs> so, so, but like, I'd, I'd tell my wife, like, I did a, I did a, I did a, like a number of like video game pilots. Yeah. And my wife's like, do you even play video games? I was like, no. They just, just assume. Like, you just look like you I do. I just look like I do. I have a, a, a fucking thing. So. A thing? Yeah. Like, I look like this. And oh, so okay. people go, oh, I was like, What's the he's thing? approachable or whatever. What do you say no to? I say no to like hosting things all the time. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because what, they're I... just not things that I would want. Yeah, but can I like? But it's, okay, it's well, I had a, I had a show. I had a show for four episodes on E. Yeah. Okay, a talk show, and it was really not fun for me. The experience was not fun. It was like, and I know it's like work and it's not supposed to be fun, but kind of. No, it should be fun. I mean, we, we just fun. picked like a really fun job. And then to do, uh, to have all the sacrifices to have this job, to then go into a job that's, that is like a nine to five. What made it not fun? It was like, we're, we're like 
talking about pop culture, just like bullshit. Like I don't want to talk about like Justin Bieber's girlfriends and stuff like that. It was just really uninteresting to me. And it was just the process was so tight. Everyone wanted it to be a specific way that made it super unfunny. Uh, yeah. And it was like people coming in from all directions. It was just, I just felt like, I don't know. See, what I've done in those situations is I become, I just become bullheaded and make my own thing. And, yeah. And then, and then go, yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I'm making. Yeah. I wish that we could do something different. And then uh, you'd be shocked how many people kind of acquiesce to talent and just go, well, fuck. It, they'd rather have talent with a vision. But I can see how... Like, yeah, but I'm, I had a co-host and stuff. It was like too, it was too much. Julian McCullough. I know that name. Yeah. She's a nice girl. Oh, I thought it was a it's dude. It's a boy. I'm just kidding. Oh, it, I, it is a dude, right? <laughs> I was just giving him okay. a dig. Yeah. Um, He's my favorite female comedian. But... Yeah, I, I TV should be fun. The, one of the shows I did, the one where we worked for the world's dancing dog, I had a really interesting conversation. I want to credit the guys, but I don't want to because it'll fuck their careers. Yeah. Up. But there are two guys that I worked with, and we sat down at dinner the first night, and I was real excited. We were in uh, Solvang for the show we were doing, mm-hmm. and we went to dinner, and I was like uh, at the Hitching Post that place, real nice dinner, and I go, well, we. They're like, have a glass of wine. I was like, well, I want to, I want to make sure I'm ready for tomorrow. I want to hit it out of the park, guys. This could be like a, a show. And they looked at me and they're like, do you want it to be? <laughs> and I went, excuse me. And they're like, let's just do good enough job so that we can get another yeah. job. And I went, what do you mean? And they're like, do you want to look for the world's <laughs> best dancing dog for the rest of your life? And I was like, no. And they're like, then let's just do a really yeah. good job, but we don't need to kill ourselves yeah. this week. Let's have a good time. And so in a weird way, we just had a really good time. Yeah. And it turned out to be a good show. No, there is something to say about taking everything. The only issue I have is that they put you on hold for so long for certain pilots. Different networks and stuff will oh, hold yeah, you. you. And that's the that. issue. So it's not about necessarily like, I don't want to just go through this experience that of this thing that's definitely not going to get picked up. And make whatever little money they're going to give me. But yeah. it's like, I don't want to be... Then something else comes along and I'm trapped into this contract with this stupid thing. You can always thing. get out of contracts. Can you? Oh, always. Always. No. There's a lot you can... There's Here's... I don't know. Look. Don't... I would never take a look at my career and say that that's the way to do it. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you the one thing I have that I've witnessed people not have... A is, treadmill, which is, is shocking. Tre- <laughs> I'm shocked there's a treadmill in your I drank, house. I drank a bottle of wine on it last night. <laughs> That's how I work on the That's treadmill. how you use it? You just sit on it? I watched uh, After Thrones. Okay. And I had a bottle of wine. And Is walked. it? Wait, what's After Thrones? Just that little... It's it's the Chris Hardwick ripoff oh. of Game of Thrones. I thought they just had... I thought you were talking about like the vignette where they have the producers talk about it for like two minutes afterwards. No, they have uh, they have genuine nerds, like real genuine nerds yeah. uh, talk about it and try to make jokes throughout it. I'm like, no, just don't. Just... Talk about it, but you want tune in every week. I just tuned in for. Well, you want time more. Yesterday. You want more. Uh, I have. How notes. are you feeling about Game of Thrones right, right now? now? Mm-hmm. I'm really happy. I started watching. Do you know the show Outlander? It's like for women. Hold on. Okay. It's about time travel. Yes. And no, I have not started watching it, but I've, I'm afraid to scratch that itch because I'll become obsessed with it. I really like it. I don't know. I'm. I, I feel like I'm kind of a dude, but then it kind of hits me on the lady end because the fucking guy's so hot that she's fucking in it. Like yeah. he's so hot, but they fuck all the time. So I went from watching that straight in. My boyfriend came home, had to turn the sex scene off, and then 
we watch Game of Thrones and I'm like, there's not enough fucking Game of Thrones. Oh, not anymore. And the there fucking used to Game be of fucking... Thrones, but the fucking Game of Thrones was incest or rape. It was never like. Oh no, they had some great. They who had some... regular fucked? Oh, if, it was if Littlefinger like... was around. Oh yeah, everyone was fucking. That's when right. Peter that Dinklage, like the orgies. Peter and stuff. Dinklage used to have some great sex things. <laughs> that I yeah, but now it's been like. There's... Yeah, I don't want to hear about the dragon. I told, until... I said, I was saying, I think the After Thrones people, they have a screen behind them. Every time you mention a name, just put a picture of that person up. I so don't know who the remember, fucking, yeah. I don't know who Lyanna is it's or hard, Lyanna yeah. or Sana. I don't know like the main character's name still. I know who, if you said Sansa Stark, I'd go, hold on, give me a second. Yeah. It's not Cersei. Okay. Oh, it's the girl. Yeah, Cersei and Sansa, it's the same fucking name. Yeah. It's the and exact same name. That's one one of the things I said to Peter Jackson. I said in Game of Thrones, would it kill you to name one guy Derek? Or not in uh, Lord of Rings. Yeah. I was like, one guy Derek. They all have ponytails. They all have these fucking <laughs> uh, like I literally couldn't follow the fucking storyline. And he's like, It's not my story. I can't just change names. Like, oh, yeah, but you know, just be like just give him have him like just well, have one fun just give character. Give him a nickname, like, hey, what's up, five fingers? <laughs> oh, I know five fingers. No, I uh so wait, hold on. So Ooh. my cousins are coming in town um I hope I, that's like my family too every time i text i'm like Ugh. my cousins are coming in town from philly and they're gonna want to party it'll be fun uh, no yeah i'm trying to are you cutting down on your partying no not really are you no. tell me the truth uh no okay i, mean, I don't <laughs> think i am i mean like I, I i the thing for me is this is gonna sound horrible but like last night uh our friend's house is in construction, uh-huh. so they've been coming over for dinner every night. And uh, last night we had like between three of us, we had two bottles of wine, but uh-huh. I had the majority of the yeah. two. Like I definitely probably had a bottle of wine. Yeah. But that for me, I can wake up at six in the morning and get my day started. It doesn't like mess me up. Yeah. But I'm also going to bed at like ten, so it's not like I'm staying yeah. out late. If I'm on the road, sometimes that'll dig into my soul. I yeah, I was never like a drink a little no you never drink a little. i was never like drink a little have a little feel get a buzz i was like let's black the fuck out and wake up next to a sticky stranger you couldn't (laughs) you couldn't just like have a glass of wine right now i have no interest right okay that's not fun it's not fun that's kind of rather be sober really i would rather be sober than be a little tipsy Hmm. like a little tipsy is like nothing but I used to drink. I would like wake up reaching for alcohol. I would always oh, really? like one more. I hated last call. I always wanted to keep going. Oh, my I, wife like, calls that out. letting the beers drink you. <laughs> She's like, you're letting the beers drink you tonight. Yeah, I, like, I definitely ah. let the Jaeger guzzle me. But wait, when did? how old were you when you stopped drinking altogether? 25. Oh, so you like haven't drank in like eight years. Yeah, seven years. Seven years? Yeah. Did, you, did you go to like AA? I went to AA for, I did what they call 90 and 90, where I went to a meeting a day for the first 90 days. And then I got my three-month coin and I quit AA. <laughs> like my, my speech was like a breakup speech. You don't seem like someone that would, that would be able to work that system. What, AA? Like you seem like someone uh-uh. that would, be, would find a lot of holes in it. No, I hated it. And be like, did you have- Well, a lot of people found my hole in it, though. I got 13 steps. That's what they call it. What's that? When like they try, people try to fuck the newcomer girl. You're supposed to like leave them alone. Yeah. And they call it 13 stepping. Is when you try to fuck the new girl? Is when the, yeah. And the guys tried to fuck you? Yeah. Well, one guy I was, I was, I fucked a guy 
my last night drinking or not my last night drinking but like my last week drinking who was in AA and I remember talking to him about it a lot and then like three days later I was in in the program so I don't know if that counts so wait because it was before too hold on but I went back I quit was it court appointed Mm -mm. then why did you do 90-90 because they just recommend that to newcomers and I was really like I was only going to quit drinking for 30 days and then yeah. And then I was just like, I can't start drinking again. Really? Mm-hmm. What was your last? You, you, I think you told me about your last day. Oh, I went. Uh, I went to my first open mic in New York. Oh, you God! This was one of those like gut punches of like, oh yeah. You told me about to keep keep talking. <laughs> I went. To, I went to my first open mic in New York. I had moved to New York. I was living in Santa Fe. Well, like six months earlier. I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I was like getting fucking wasted all the time, like drinking in the morning, just like I was just drinking all day long. And if I would stop drinking, like the demons would come, you know, I would start like having guilt and feel terrible. So I would just drink through the guilt. You you know, when you like wake up out of a blackout and you just want to text everyone, sorry, you don't know why, you know, you did some Uh, fucked up shit. I I have had that feeling. I don't know it recently, but I know... I know where you're just like, We're I, like, think, fuck, I think at 43, like, you start going like, oh, that's just part of who I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I like to burn bridges, man. What can yeah, you say? They can deal with it. They knew what they were getting. Yeah. <laughs> it's no surprise. <laughs> you don't eat peanut butter if you're, if you're allergic to nuts. <laughs> I'm a peanut butter sandwich. Your nuts were also involved just somehow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, so I would just get fucking as wasted as possible. I would wake up in the morning, feel guilt, so then I would just drink through that. Were you a server at the time? Yeah, I was a waitress and a bartender, which is, like, yeah. perfect lifestyle. And Santa Fe is just, there's really nothing to do. Same size? Are you Were you heavier? I was heavier. Really? Yeah. Like- I wasn't, like, I mean, I look back and I remember being like, oh, I'm the fattest person I know when I quit drinking. I was probably, like, 165. I'm, like, 150. It's not like I'm that much less yeah. now. You're 150? But I'm 149, yeah. I'm eating look, well though. That's, that's so funny, but you don't look like you, you'd think 150 would be bigger than it is, but it's not. Well, I carry. I think I carry my weight better than a lot of people do. Yeah, but also I don't know. I mean, I would love to be less weight. When I moved to LA, I gained like 20 pounds at it. I was like, "Fuck you, LA, <laughs> you fucking assholes." <laughs> and I like had just like fallen in love with my boyfriend, which gives me the same reaction as depression. So I just like eat food and like lay in bed and feel sad. So we so we go back to the, okay. So the anyway, night. so I was in Santa Fe. Yeah. Well, I'll start up with Santa Fe because I'm going to tell you my scooter thing. So I, I got was the picture in, to this. Yeah, I was in Santa Fe and I was just drinking all the time, getting wasted all day long, like no reason to be alive really at all. And I had a motor scooter that I would ride around all the time, and I would like beep at people and like scream shit and like drive off. That was like my move. And uh, I was at this restaurant called the Cowgirl that I worked at for years. This bar. And it was my friend Albert's birthday. And he, he was a white guy with dread, so I am really admitting a lot here. <laughs> and it does, this is a painful confession. <laughs> but it was his 30th birthday. I was, must have been 21 or 22. And I said to him, I remember I was like, oh, it's your birthday. You have to buy me shots. Like, I just was like, oh, it's your birthday. Free drinks for me or something. Yeah. And he, so he was buying me all this tequila. And then I was like, it's cool, dude. I'll suck your dick for your birthday. And he was like, so he's like, all right, <laughs> whatever the lady wants. <laughs> so then we go. And I mean, this was just like what my life was at that point. So then I get I get on my scooter to like go meet him at my friend's house. And he's like, you can't. Everyone's like, Annie, you can't drive right now. And I'm like, whatever, fuckers, beep, beep. And I like Had peel off into the yet? night. No, oh. <laughs> I was gonna say, there was no way a dick was getting sucked, by the way. I was so wasted. <laughs> Nothing was going to happen. 
<laughs> I was like, they were either going to find me crashed on the street or like asleep because I just pulled over <laughs> to take a nap. But anyway, so I go, I go, I leave that place and I'm like drive off into the night. Nobody sees me again until I wake up in the morning and I have my chin is split open. I have like cuts all over my face cuts on this side of my arm like all down my knee and it looked like the dress i'd been wearing it looked like someone had slit my throat from behind like it was just gushing blood i guess because your chin bleeds a lot yeah yeah but it was just it looked just terrible and i had like a, a towel that was covered in blood and all i could remember from the night before is that someone i didn't know very well who didn't usually like me helped me when i crashed like i just had this like i could just have that feeling i didn't remember what they looked like whether it was a girl or a guy and and that I had called everyone in my immediate family and told them I needed to go to rehab. So then I had to, before I went to the hospital, I had to call everyone in my family and be like, hey guys, I was in a blackout, disregard. Like, <laughs> I don't need rehab. I was blacked out when I said that. I am still bleeding. But I mean, I called them screaming. It was Father's Day. Like, I woke my whole family up. Oh my God. Each of them individually and was like, I need help. Because I just had not, it hadn't gotten me. Like, I had been drinking like crazy, but I hadn't fucked up. I was like, finally it got me. I remember feeling that way. I was like, fuck, it's getting me. So I go to the hospital. My friend drives me to the hospital who I live with. And on the way, I guess I get a call from my friend and he goes, are you okay? I was like, how do you know something happened? He said that it was his boss. He worked at a hotel bar and his boss hated me. I would come in and get wasted all the time and she would always kick me out. She's the one that found me on the side of the road and she's the one that brought me back. So she called him and was like, your friend got really fucked up last night. And so he was calling to check in on me. So so I go to the hospital and the doctor, I remember the doctor kept asking, and this has just come back in my life recently, but the doctor kept asking me like, were you drinking? Was drinking involved? I'm obviously still wasted. I mean, I was hammered. So I'm still drunk. This is still the night. This is in the morning now. In the morning. This is after I've woken up, told my family that I'm not an alcoholic. And my mom goes, yeah, you don't need rehab for drinking. You need rehab for life. Which I'm like, that's not a real thing. It was like really rude. I was like, oh, fuck you. Did you get your door? No, I wish I didn't have that doorbell here now. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> I just like, put it in the other day. What if it was just like? What if it was just like the doorbell was just like this story is too long. Wrap it up. <laughs> no, you I pushed it. I, my wife bought that. And I installed it. And you I was thought like, it was a great idea. And I realized the podcast asshole just be like ding God, I hope it happens to you in, through every podcast. He just rang both rang both doorbells. I'm sure it's fucking Amazon. <laughs> 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 so go back so okay. your mom said you needed rehab so for my life. mom needed, said I needed rehab for life the only person in the morning that was like my older brother was like you said that you were going to do this in the morning you said like I even called my <laughs> sober self out <laughs> like I was like don't let me call in the morning and say I don't need to go to rehab Yeah. so my brother was like you did that you said that you were going to do this and yeah. I was like Timmy shut the fuck up loser <laughs> or whatever you need to learn how to have fun click or whatever <laughs> So I go to the hospital and the doctor keeps asking me, he's like, was drinking involved? And I'm like, and I kept going, just between us? And he go, yeah. And I go, no. Because I was so afraid I was going to get arrested. So I was like fucking with him. And I was yeah. like, I'll never admit that I was drinking. And so I just was in and out of the hospital as fast as I could. They stitched me up. I got nine stitches and they gave me like neosporin and shit, sporin and shit. Like I almost lost a nipple. Like I cut myself close, like to the very edge of my areola. Like it was really bad. Oh, for weeks after that, I kept telling my pickup line with guys, like, do you want to rub Neosporin on my titties? I mean, I looked, like, disgusting. I looked really? horrible. I was supposed to go to my friend's wedding. I couldn't go because it was just, I looked too gross for the pictures. But, so I had these stitches hanging in my mouth. And I leave, um, I leave 
the hospital as fast as I can. And then I had follow-up visits that I never went to. I had my friend take the stitches out. Like, I just wanted to stay away from the whole thing. I was just trying to avoid the whole thing. I was scared that I was going to get arrested or something. And I was friends with a lot of the cops in Santa Fe. And they told me later on that if they had caught me, I would have gotten an aggravated DUI for assaulting myself because I hurt myself. It would have been like... How would anyone... how? So if you would say if if you had said to the doctor, yeah, I was drinking and I ran my scooter. I don't know if they could have done anything. I was just paranoid and I was just like, I fucked up so bad and I can't go to like jail for it or whatever. Because I mean, at that point, I don't know. I guess I thought I'd be a teacher one day. I don't know what I thought I was going to. I was going to get all the jizz and Jaeger out of my system and start working with kids or something. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so because I had been previously I'd been working to become a special ed teacher and I was like a special ed camp counselor. So I still had that in my head. Like, maybe I'll be a special ed teacher. Not with like a weird fucking all these injuries and DUIs and stuff. But anyway, so that happened. And I didn't get anything. I didn't get a double checkup or anything like that. And I go recently. I get really bad TMJ. And I've realized that my jaw is off center. This is recent. And I, my jaw is way off center. And when I talk on like Talking Head Show on the show Girl Code, like I can see my mouth is like crooked kind of. It's not something you can really see, but I also have TMJ and I grind my teeth and my jaw always hurts and I Mm -hmm. get cluster headaches every two years. I just have a lot of jaw pain related things and I've had TMJ since I was a kid, but I didn't notice the, that my jaw was off center until recently. And I'm looking back at pictures and I realized it was after that accident that it happened because I mean, I ate it and then I, so I've been, I went to this doctor and she was feeling my chin. She goes, I think you may have broken your chin when you did that and they didn't reset it or they didn't take x-rays or anything because i just wanted to get in and out yeah and i just fucking it's something i just have to deal with now i guess i mean i guess they're helping me with it but i just thought that was so crazy i'm like that fucking accident fucked me up so bad yeah and i just was in and out like who doesn't get fucking x-rays i was just walking around with like a broken chin that is that is uh I was scared. I was like scared to go back and I was just avoiding. I was like wasted by the, that evening. I went out to drink that night when I had all my stitches in and I couldn't really open my mouth that much because my jaw was so hurt. And so I'd been like just eating little pieces of food, but I was drinking with a straw. (laughs) And so I went out to this bar and there was a guy with a puppy, a guy I'd never seen before. And I went up to him and was like, Oh my God, your puppy's so cute. And he's like, you don't remember me? And I'm like, no, this is the night. Like I went to the hospital that morning the next night and i'm like super drunk i'm like no who are you and he's like i helped you last night i was one of the people that helped you when you crashed your scooter where did you wreck your scooter in like a farmer's market (laughs) (laughs) i'm surprised because santa fe is really a small town it was really late at night but i guess it was just it was at the right corner where people were driving by guys walking his puppy woman's getting off work well he was on his motorcycle i guess and he was he told the girl to not take me to the hospital because he's he's like, I have a motorcycle and I've driven a trunk and I've crashed it and I understand. So he told her to send me to my house and not really? take me because I would get arrested. I remember you sent me that picture yeah. of you. Re- I was all proud of it. That's but So so then you. Okay, keep, so keep that's drinking. when I should have quit drinking. Yeah. But I didn't quit drinking. And then I was I wanted to move to New York to do stand up. I wanted to originally move to L.A., but I knew. I was like, oh, I have a drinking and driving problem. I didn't think it was a drinking problem. I was like, I just get behind the wheel and crazy shit happens. Out <laughs> of the other stuff when I'm not driving and just sucking everyone's dick and just have no reason to be alive. But so I go, I go to move to New York so I don't have to worry about driving. I move to New York. I'm in New York drinking by myself in bars during the day. You know, I would make during friends. During the day? Yeah. Like, I'm a big drinker, but that has always been... Like, I will drink during the day. Yeah. Like, I definitely will. 
but that is something that I don't that is not part of my life at all. Like I'll do it for like when if I do my calling sick to work tour, yeah. I definitely drink in the day. Yeah. And I've I've had morning radio where they bring out shots. Right. I'll do a couple shots by go home and go to bed. Yeah. But like even today, like I have a podcast where I think I'll be drinking in the day and I'm like, God damn it, I wanted to work out. Yeah. Some of the shit I wanted to do. Yeah, you can't do you can't do things when you're drunk. When you're high, you can do stuff. When you're drunk, you can't do other stuff. I can't do stuff high either. I can't do anything. <laughs> like I'm really litigious. I've only seen you super high though. At that? the roast battle when they gave all the free weed. I've never seen you a little high. I've only seen you the highest a person could be without going to the hospital. <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Night. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that me, you, and Jesse? No, it was me, you, who? Oh, I think it was Rich Voss. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way. And I remember it was the war. Everyone did badly. You should have been to the next roast battle. Oh yeah, it was crazier. It was a million times worse. It was so bad. I was like, I fucking, I like, I uh, yeah. I was those roast battles catch up on you because they put all those snacks out in front of you and you don't yeah. realize what they are. Well, I had just stopped smoking weed and I was like, really, you're doing this? I brought it, was it all home all to my over boyfriend. The place. Yeah, he got all my free weed. So wait, but so, so okay, so. I love my stories. I have such ADD. I always need people to remind me where I am. I'm like, where was I? It's a oh, 95-minute story. I'm horrible. I can't. I have no clue where I'm going. I mean, you're a storyteller. That's your gift. Yeah, yeah but I but yeah, but I am really bad. My, my problem with my ADD is I never tell the story the same way twice. So I always change it up because I get bored. Yeah, you can't do like, Yeah, you can't follow the script. I feel like there's a rotting effect mm-hmm. that I get like if I, I feel like I'm a phony that I'm like, yeah. oh, did I mention... Yeah. But, it, but so, so, um, okay. So I moved to New York. I'm drinking by myself. And we used to, I had a boyfriend in college where we named our Jack Daniels OJ. So we didn't feel shitty in the morning. We like passed the OJ. Yeah. That was like our joke or whatever. But I would check for my teeth and shit in the morning because I would black out every night as if I could. I wanted to black out. I don't see that in you. I see you as so controlled. That's so funny. Well, I think I was so fucking miserable. I just was, I just was like a, I was just like a bad kid always. Can you remember the day? Uh, that like that that drinking became something different than what it was when it became blacking out when you were like when you're like oh I'm taking this shit to the next level I don't know I started drinking when I was 13 and then I would go years not I would I remember my first year of college I was like I'm not going to drink because I don't want to be embarrass myself in front of all these new people this is my Where'd fresh start College of Santa Fe went out of business. Does not really? exist anymore. <laughs> no longer exists. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was in Santa Fe. I was just like in a new town. And I just, I was like, this is a fresh start. This will be good. And so I didn't drink for the first maybe six months or a year of college. And then I was drinking. Yeah, it wasn't, it was around, when did it get really, really bad? Because my best friend was talking about this. She's like, there was a time when you would get drunk, but you didn't get like, fuck everyone drunk. Like you uh, yeah. weren't like that girl in the I town. Didn't, oddly enough, I didn't drink my freshman. I mean, I, I'd have I had drank in my freshman yeah. year. I didn't, but I, I didn't really drink my freshman year, my sophomore year, my second sophomore year, my first junior year. When I turned twenty one, I uh, I remember I still didn't really even drink then. Yeah, I didn't really drink then at all. Uh, I like I would drink, but I didn't really drink. Yeah, I, um, it wasn't until. I remember Ben Seberg one night when this is probably my I don't know my second junior year maybe, uh, one of my junior years. Yeah, and I was in ben college Sieberg for eight years. <laughs> was like was like he was like hey, this is like a Tuesday night, and he goes, you want to get drunk? 
And I was like, no. And he's like, no, I mean, we're both 21. We could just get drunk. I go, and do what? And he goes, just get drunk. Just sit there and get drunk together. Uh, and I remember being, it was like, <laughs> it was like I discovered my dick for the first time. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I was like, we're just getting drunk. It's so fun when you're like, oh, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Oh, you just stop worrying about all things. I, and I was like, it was probably caught, honestly, the pressure of school and stuff. Really? I think so. And so then when, and when you graduated because I college, wasn't, I didn't graduate for so long. I didn't graduate until after I quit drinking. I was in and out of college for eight years to get my undergrad at this fucking puny little school that doesn't even exist anymore it's not like it was difficult yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a hard school my mom wrote most of my papers i mean it was really it my was... mom wrote my last college paper I mean... <laughs> it was about viking longships and i was like mom i i go i am i am stuck i am struggling to get out of college i was in new york i was already doing stand up yeah. and i was like all i had to do was taking classes via correspondence i was like i just need a paper on viking yeah. longship she's like send me the article i'll write the fucking paper i mean what i love is i'm just imagining that your mom looks like someone that knows a lot about vikings <laughs> your mom's just like a viking expert if you call her today and you're like hey what do you know about viking longship she's like let me tell you <laughs> my mom feels that way too about some things <laughs> but my mom started writing my papers when i was in like fifth grade me too she started writing all my papers. It fucked me up, though. It's funny that we're now writers. It in fucked a me sense. up too. It fuck it it. My wife won't do that with my kids. Like, yeah, I'm so badly. I was the other day. I go, my daughter's typing in a paper. I go, hey George. I go, if you press FN twice, you can just dictate it. <laughs> she, she was like, I'm supposed to learn how to type. I go, typing's going to be something of the past. Yeah, I go, typing's just FN, done. FN twice, baby. You'll have a computer chip in your neck before you graduate college. <laughs> just do it. She was like, Dad, I think I'm just going to type it. And I was like, you're not my fucking kid. <laughs> By the way, Isla was the one who taught me what FN was. She was like, Dad, if you hit FN twice, you can just speak it. But my, my daughter has such a speech impediment that you the computer can't understand her. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. She wants to do it so bad. Oh, she wants to do it so bad, but can't understand her. And she's dyslex dyslexic, so she can't type. It's just a fucking perfect storm of uh, uh She's going to be a comedian or something. So I'm sure she She's going to be something like that. Yeah, no, it's a fucking nightmare. But she wrote all the papers, and then it... it it fucked me for college because, and also my high school was. Are you okay? That's, that's a burp from the <laughs> I mean, center like of my heart. Cardiac arrest. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, my. So then in college, when I had to write papers and stuff, I had no self esteem. I had no idea how them. to do it either. I was like, I was like, you didn't set me up properly to succeed. I didn't, and my high school was a joke. I we un, it was a school for juvenile delinquents. I think they took knowledge out of my brain. Really? I remember watching The Simpsons in history class, just like chilling. We had a movie class. We had a class that was called movie class, and it was after lunch, so we would go smoke weed or opium once. We came back from lunch having smoked opium, and they had it just it was just a room with pillows on the floor, and you would just lay in the pillows and watch TV. Are you serious? Watch movies. We had a coach. We had a we had a history class. Coach Boza would just put on Monty Python. He's like, "This is a really funny movie." <laughs> What does this have to do with history? He's like, it doesn't, but it's really funny. I love those teachers that are just like, look, I got a job and I'm just going to like be here. Yeah. I don't care about your guys' future at all. Yeah, I remember I remember Nick DiPaolo being, not, it wasn't Nick DiPaolo, Joe, Joe DiPaolo, Joe DiPaolo, I think is his name. Joe DiPaolo was like, hey, can we can we watch Bloodsport next week? Because <laughs> he was in a kickboxing. Coach Bose was like, I'll take a look at it. <laughs> We had to watch. You want to know something fucked up? When we were in sophomores in high school, we had to watch a third trimester abortion. You did? They had to bring us. They brought was us. Was it Catholic school? Yeah, Catholic school. 
they took us to the clinic and they brought us all in. No, not, it was oh on video. God, it was on video. <laughs> I would love, if I get an abortion, I only want to be surrounded by children staring at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel the guilt. They're like, look at the, ch- this could be your kid in 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, so. Okay. So I, w- I got very, way off track here. Talking about my mom's papers, but the yeah, the pressure of college, not wanting to do my work, but then always feeling guilty about it. I would just drink away feeling guilty about not getting my work done. I have a tendency to drink when emotion gets heavy. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's the only thing that I like. I'll, I'll be very candid about my drinking. I think I probably drink way too much. However, um, it doesn't fuck with my responsibility. It doesn't fuck with anything. And if anything, it's a benefit to my career in that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I would venture to say I sell more alcohol on the road than any one mm-hmm. comic. I'd say I'd sell more alcohol than any two comics combined. Yeah. Um, which is a good thing. It, you make more money, and yeah. I'm in the business of making money for my family. I have the O'Doul's record. Do you really? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I want my audiences to be drunk. I don't want them to be like me. Oh, I mean, we in Philly. Uh, I, I. At the very end of the show, it was for the, my, my call and sick to work show. One show, we drank them out of beer uh, before the show started. The beer was gone. They had to call their rep and be like, you need to come down. And at the end of the show, I said, who wants to do a shot of tequila with me? And 230 people put their hands up. So he went through 230 people worth of shots. They ran out of they shot glasses. They ran out of glasses entirely. And they were serving them in styrofoam cups. That's oh how that's how much we drank. We drank them out of glass. You must have made them so much money. Uh, I I'm under the impression. He said to me, "I would do this show every month with you if you could," <laughs> and I was like, "I I would." It's just so much to for one day to fly. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you know, your family's still in Philly. I have tons of family yeah. in Philly. Yeah, where are you from? I'm from Florida. Florida, okay. but my mom it's the same sort of way. Trash. My mom was uh, born in Philly. Uh, yeah. in Valley Forge. Okay. And my dad went to eat Villanova. Mm-hmm. And so all my family's in Philly. So my cousin that just texted me. You come from garbage. I, Norris, and Florida Norristown, is not. Norristown. Norristown's so bad. <laughs> King of Prussia and Norristown. King was, of Prussia. I had a boyfriend in King of Prussia named Tim when I was like 14 or 15. Really? And I would sneak out. He would pick me up. I think he drove a neon. I'm pretty sure all my high school boyfriends drove red neons <laughs> <laughs> that they thought were really awesome. He would pick me up from my, it was like a half an hour, 45 minutes from where I lived. He'd pick me up from my house, drive me to King of Prussia. I'd say I was staying at my friend Kathleen's house and then I would sleep over his house. His dad used to hit on me. I remember that. His dad being real fresh with me. It was really weird. But then, and then my mom once, this is so sad. She went to pick me up to surprise me at Kathleen's so we could go, all the family could go pick out our Christmas tree. And I wasn't there. Her dumb whore daughter was in some dude's basement getting hit on by his dad in King of Prussia. That's what I always think of with King of Prussia. Sweet. So so when you moved to New York, you started drinking at bars? I was drinking at bars alone. I met like every once in a while I would meet like I would meet other drinkers. They usually were just traveling. They were like. I have like one British friend that was just like this drunk dude at a bar and we yeah. just had like this epic two week bender where we would just get wasted. And I just was, I didn't have a job. I was living on my friend's couch. I think they were, they were charging me $150 to live on their couch. And I was, I remember being like, that's really rude, dude. 150. Fuck you. <laughs> and I was like getting it off my credit card somehow. I was just racking up this credit card bill and I, 
was just doing nothing. And I, I came there saying I wanted to do stand up. That's like why I moved there. So my friend, I became better friends with the girl who was living in the house, even though the guy was the one I knew when I first moved in and lived on the couch. And so that's my friend, Abby. And she was like, you got to do something, dude. Like, you can't just sit around and not do comedy. You said you want to do it. She's like, I'll go to an open mic with you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'd written all these jokes. I mean, terrible. So many dick cheese jokes. Do you know you can have tons of those? <laughs> but so we, she goes to this open mic with me. And I had already quit Jaeger. I quit Jaeger like a month before because... I would drink it by pint. I was dating a guy in New Mexico who was a bartender and he had dating. I mean, we fucked each other in the, in each other's bathrooms at our bars, but his bar was two, two bars down from mine. And I would go over there and he, they had a Jaeger machine. So he would just give me pints of Jaeger. And I would just like, I always had uh, rips on my knees from falling and shit. I would just fall. I was always the fall over drunk girl. Really? Yeah. It was so gross. I don't know. I was like, this is so cool. I'm so popular. (laughs) Everyone loves me. That's so crazy. I was like infamous. In this little shitty town. Um, But so I go to the open mic with my friend. And as I'm going up, I drop my set list somewhere. I just drop it. It's just no longer in my hand. And I'm like, this is a nightmare situation for me. Yeah. Because I've just been building up all of this this time. And And I'm drunk as fuck. And so I go up. I end up just like yelling at people, I think, which is not much different from what I do now. But I was like screaming <laughs> at them. I was like, you fucking assholes. Very similar to my act. But uh, just screaming at them. And then I got off stage and I was bummed out because I was like, oh, I didn't remember my jokes. And I ruined my first open mic. And I sit down at the bar and the bartender's like, let's do a shot of Jaeger. And this other guy comes up and I was like, no, I don't drink Jaeger. And he's like, oh, come on. So then I drank Jaeger and that's when I knew it wasn't going to be a good night. And so we started drinking Jaeger, and then this other comedian, who I didn't think was funny at all, still I thought he comedian? was annoying. I think he's still around. Really? He's a, I think he's still doing open mics. Well, I don't think he's doing anything of a. Would you say his level. name? No, I don't think it's nice. You texted to me. Yeah, I'll tell you who he is. You'll <laughs> okay. never know yeah. who he is. Okay. But so um, I've nicknamed him Rock Bottom every time I say him. Hey, Rock Bottom. But so he he came up to me afterwards. And in retrospect, he was just trying to be nice and trying to fuck me. But I was infuriated because I was so mad. I always wanted to do comedy as a career. It was never, I'm just going to dabble in this, see if this is my thing. It was like, this is 100% the thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So when I went to that open mic, it just it was fell really heavy on me when it didn't work out. So I'm sitting at the at the bar and he comes up and he's like, he's like, don't worry about it you know everyone bombs or whatever and i hated his set i thought he was so unfunny and i was just like dude get the fuck away from me yeah. like you're so annoying and he was like no don't worry about it we all get nervous or whatever i was like dude can you fucking go away and he kept buying me drinks and i was like dude stop buying me drinks i'm an alcoholic like i don't want to drink this much but i'm never going to say no to free drinks so he keeps buying me drinks keeps buying me drinks and we go to like another bar and then i wake up fully clothed on his air mattress in the morning and it's like snowing we're in bushwick and i'm just like fuck and I didn't do anything with him, but it was just like, why did I end up going home with this dude who I hated, who I just kept telling him I hated him? I was super mean to him the whole night. And I had talked to one comedian before, one open micer before had given me advice. And he's like, just don't hook up with comics if you can. Yeah. If you can avoid it, don't hook up with them because you're just going to have to like overcome that reputation if you do that. So I knew I didn't want to do that. So when I woke up in this guy's on this guy's air mattress, I knew that even though I didn't hook up with him, it was like... It didn't matter. It, I went home with him. It looked like I hooked up with him. And he lived with other comedians. And I remember leaving. And one was coming up. And I was just like, fuck, this sucks so bad that I did this. Yeah. And I'm with this guy. And I remember waking up on the air mattress and just being like, 
so fucking disgusted with him, with myself, the whole thing. And I was just like, I can't. I'm not going to be able to do comedy and do this. So I was. I just stopped drinking after that. I called Tate. Do you know Tate Fletcher? Do you know him? He's like a Death Squad guy. Yeah, I know Tate yeah, Fletcher. Tate, Tate you... from Santa Fe. Are you serious? Yeah. I've known Tate for 15 years probably. Really? Mm-hmm. Maybe not 15. 14. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I've known him forever. But so Tate, I called Tate and I was like, I got to stop drinking because I knew he was sober. He used to come into the restaurant I worked at. They would all the sober guys would come in and order food or whatever and be so annoying. Truly annoying, Tate. God, <laughs> really an annoying person. I love him now, but God, he was annoying. He's <laughs> such a big person. To He's deal a with. large man. I was like, what? Just judging my drinking, too. <laughs> like, you fucking asshole. But so he, uh, I called him and he was like, just quit for 30 days, see what you think. And he was, he just gave me good advice. He's like, and then after that drink, two drinks try to drink two drinks once a week like call me before but try to do that so then in 30 days i was like i don't want to have two drinks i just didn't want to do it at all by then so i think that was what he was getting at that i wouldn't want to go back to drinking but so i called tate tate helped me get sober and i started going to meetings and and then i was just able to put in new york yeah and then i was able to put it's got to be a good feeling too like those are the salad days like you just moved to New York, you're getting into comedy, you're now not drinking, you're seeing the world new, you're going to meetings, you're doing stuff, you're walking around, yeah. you're feeling productive. Yeah, I felt great. I mean, I felt really, really good. It was it was hard. Quitting drinking was difficult. It's hard to sleep, stuff like that was really difficult. Really? I didn't know. I sleep like a baby. If I don't drink, I'm like fucking yeah. perfect. No, it was terrible. I mean, I was having really weird... I got a gum infection from drinking too much. I got what? like fucking trench mouth. I drank so much. Trench mouth? I would get like, I would just like hemorrhage blood. Like I would just have like- trench mouth? How did you get trench mouth? I got trench mouth from stress. Well, I don't even know I mean, what trench mouth trench is. Trench mouth is like homeless people get it and like people at war get it. I'm look, I want to, can you, does it look like something? Well, mine wasn't that bad. It was just like, it was like really bad. Um, It wasn't, you couldn't That's see stuff. That's fucking crazy. They were red. It felt like, you know when you floss for the first time and- mm-hmm. 90 years and it hurts it felt like that times like 15 it was just really achy gums all of a sudden and i went and it was just my body was under so much stress that i'd given myself like an advanced because i brushed my teeth and everything it wasn't that it was like i'd given myself an advanced gum disease or gum infection and i had to go to the dentist and they had to just like scrape my teeth out they would numb my teeth and scrape them out i had to go for like three weeks every day motherfucker so okay so and but stuff like that was happening where my teeth, I was feeling like my teeth were loosening. My gums were receding. It was crazy. Holy shit. Like, I didn't know yeah. that. It's, it's so funny because I don't, I see you so drastically different. Yeah, than you. well, I changed everything. And then, and then when you started doing. I mean, not everything. I'm still a fucking, I fuck everything up, but it's just <laughs> conscious while I'm doing it. I fuck <laughs> everything up. There's a lot of things that have happened in the past seven years. I'm like, maybe drinking wasn't my problem. I was like a fucking psycho. What, how the fuck did I get in this situation? But, it's but, so comedy though it's like it's such a comedy thing i'm so like we're so lucky that we're in this world because any terrible thing that happens is just material uh, any awkward situation so anything that happens i'm up for fucking anything yeah i'm like this it could be a bit i'm, a, I'm a, i've always been like that i feel like i've always I've, i'm not gonna say it again because i've said it so much someone so it was like enough with the fucking comic spirit but i love the i love i feel like 
all comics should be a little bit of a fuck up. Yeah. Like if they're if they're not fuck ups, if they're dialed in and they get up and they're good marketers and they're good branders, and then why don't they just get in marketing and branding? Yeah. Like the reason to be a comic is so that is because you're not perfect. Right. It's weird. There is like I do see a little bit of a thing happening in comedy right now though, where it's like the cool kids. Where it's like, I'm a cool kid, and people are like crushing. Like, the audiences are like, tell me more about your cool life. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't watch enough comedy. I mean, I'll comedy. list all the names afterwards, but. <laughs> I don't watch enough comedy. You, you watch I, they, they've like, always been there. They've always been there, though. Is like, is like uh, this is how badass I am. Yeah, I'm so cool. Look how cool I am. I'm like, this is the opposite of. I hate when uh, comedians take a bunch of selfies that are just like the vain selfies where I'm like, what are you doing? We're supposed to be making fun of that. Yeah, that's what our job is: is to make fun of people doing that, not be one of those people. How much attention do you need? Uh, yeah, How many types me and, of me attention? and Tom Scrove are texting back and forth, uh, sending each other chat threads, full blown of people's Instagrams oh. that we were blown away by. Well, that's all I do. You know that I just uh, at my whole phone is filled with screen grabs of me sending my friends, our friends that like just shit talking other comedians. You should be Instagrams like, as a comic. You should. I don't. I don't know why people got into it. Like, I don't know what, like, you know, not to bring this full circle, but like someone like Chris Hardwick is a good example of, of being displaced and feeling like an outsider and then finding his, his group. Yeah. But like some of these people are like people who maybe were displaced and now they get into it so that they can displace people. Yeah. Or or, or so that they could be finally cool. Yeah. And, and clearly they weren't. And well, I was well like, it's people that want to be famous. When people are like, I want to do comedy so I can be famous. And you're like, that was why you did this? Oh, fuck. Oh, God, is... you came in to be famous. So then they're just willing to do fucking anything except look bad. Except they, they look bad. They don't want to look bad. And they looking bad look is silly. like the greatest part of it. Is that you can just look at... I just want to go on stage and talk about all the horrible things I've ever done. I don't ever want to be... I overshare like a <laughs> motherfucker. Like, I'm, I've never been good at that, like, hang outside store or hang at the bar at the improv and say the right thing or yeah no people are you're supposed to tell people how great you're doing (laughs) no one's ever gone how are you doing and i'm like oh my god i'm doing great let me tell you all the good things i'm doing i will even if i'm my life is going well i do think i'm thinking about the good things my life's going absolutely fantastic right now and when people go how's everything going i go good yeah like whatever good i mean isla broke her arm She's dyslexic as fuck. Georgia's <laughs> teeth are going to cost a fortune, but yeah, yeah, good. Like, but like, I don't, I don't get the cool. Let, let me tell you something. I'm being very honest. Yeah. I was cool as fuck my whole life. Yeah, I've never once not been cool. But in comedy, I don't like. I look at those people that today's the first day you're uncool. <laughs> this is so crazy. I'm in a coffee stained <laughs> fucking. I look like shit right now. I, you walked in and I was like, maybe you should have changed my shirt. <laughs> There's like pasta sauce on it, but like I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I don't, I, I've never gotten the cool guy. I don't know. I, it never it was. I never found it super funny to be the guy that gets all the chicks, tells everyone, yeah, how badass they. Well, are. you're already above people, and this physically, you're above them. Standing on stage, you're the one with the microphone. You already have this power. So why are you using that time to like remind people again that you're like, oh, I just want you to know that I'm like a little bit above you. It's just weird. It's like, don't you want to, don't you want people to be able to relate to you? And I, I, I really, I, I'm trying not to do this 
what happens with me is I've been talking about this in therapy is that I will get into an argument with someone in my head who I don't like either their material, I don't like what they're doing, or 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 maybe they've uh, maybe they've slighted me in some way they're unaware mm-hmm. of. Like that sounds really, but like, and then so what I do is I start arguing with them in my head in the bed in bed. Like I'll lay in bed and I'll fight with them, and I'll <laughs> and they're, they're very loaded on what to say to me, because I know what insecurities I have. Yeah, so they're destroying me, and but I'm. It's basically like playing tennis against a wall. Yeah. But the the wall, like Mitch Hedberg said, the wall's always going to win. Yeah. But I'm learning to hit back, and then what'll happen is someone will bring up their name in casual conversation, and you'll flip out, and I will destroy that person. Yeah. And then I I did it with this kid. He was like, "Hey, what do you think of this guy?" And I was like, "I was like, uh," and I fucking destroyed him. And the guy was like, "I thought you guys were friends." I love no, I love. I'm that type of person too, where people can just like say a name in front of me, and they know I'll go. Oh, I always say the truth about how I feel, and it's always a nightmare. It's the biggest mistake. I always, I've it's never the not biggest said mistake to exactly say the truth. how I feel. When I, people I ask literally me. am like at this point where I'm like, I'm going to lie for the rest of my life. I can't do it though. I never pull it off. I'm so bad at it. I can't do like, it. Like one of the one of the ones one of the ones. I actually, I want to say, like, this is something I very genuinely regret. I literally very genuinely regret doing this. And I'm sure I overthought it, but um, I listened to Kevin Brennan on Opie and Jim. Do you listen to that? Mm-mm. No, Are you listen. talking shit on Neil? I like Neil a lot. Yeah. I really like Neil. Yeah, I've had cool. Neil on the podcast. He, I find him to be a very sweet guy. Yeah. And I feel him to be... Very honest. I listen to one Rogan and he, like the things he's talked about with depression and stuff. I find that really brave to yeah. talk like that. I really like Neil. Now Kevin's the first person I ever met. I'm in this so business. sick of people calling people brave. By the way, I'm so <laughs> fucking over it, dude. He took, everyone's brave and everyone's he, a coward. No, but he took ketamine to deal with depression. You know what ketamine is? <laughs> of he course, took, I do. Yeah, from Philly. Yeah. Are took, you serious? Yeah. <laughs> he took special K to deal with depression and talked about it. Like, that's like, such a weird thing to take for depression well it's, it's what's, what i found brave is that like special like i was like he doesn't do drugs and doesn't drink yeah, he know. went out and sought out special k and did it of to, all the garbage drugs in the world to do to, it, i was like, don't do a drug that involves a microwave uh, yeah i was like blown away by it and i by the way if i had if it had been a week earlier i would have said that to him yeah you're very brave but i just listened to kevin and i know kevin kevin's the very first person i met in stand-up grew up in philly uh, lived in lived next to Leonard Toast's old house. Okay, the, the Eagles owner. Okay, they lived next door to it. So I knew Kevin Brennan. My uncle had gone to high school with him. He's the very first person I met. He introduced me to David Tell. I listened to him, and he's just—it's funny how careless he gives. He doesn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah, talks about cheating on his wife at the end of the show, and then the next show he comes back, and then like I heard your wife found it. He goes, "Yeah, but it was the end of the show. Like who listens to the whole show? <laughs> like it was just so the way he didn't give a fuck." I was like, oh my God. Now, clearly, he talked a lot about Neil. Right. I run into Neil at the store, and yes, I was probably pretty fucked up. Yeah. And I just was like, dude, have you listened to your brother? Forgetting completely that him and his brother don't speak, right. that his brother spent nothing but all his energy to to, to discredit <laughs> so him. And ridiculous. poor Neil just looked at me like, I have not been listening to it. <laughs> and I was like, you should. <laughs> and, poor, and Neil just looks at me like, are you fucking kidding me? But in my head, I go, I, I I go. There's not. I mean, he knows I'm a comic. He knows I've been drinking. Right. I've been partying upstairs yeah. in the belly room. Like I think we had just done the roast battle. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's with Al. Al's brother's yeah. there. I said something inappropriate to Al's brother. 
but that's why I'm a comic. Yeah. And if and if and if uh, anyone really has a genuine uh, ups, is upset with me, then they don't get. They shouldn't be in this business. Right. That's what we do. Is oh, we fuck I can't up. believe it. I'm always like, you should be in improv. That's what I always tell them. Yeah. If their feelings get hurt, but Neil, you be Neil, in Neil, I just felt guilty. I was like, I really like Neil. I wish I hadn't said like. I'm sure he doesn't care though. Yeah, oh, maybe. I, yeah, I he hope probably not. doesn't care. I hope not. Yeah, you're likable, so it's. I'm likable, but I'm also fucking broken. Oh, Joe DeRosa. <laughs> Yesterday Billy. I was hanging out with Joe DeRosa, and your text came in about doing this podcast. And he did that thing where he went. He went. Oh, I got to get back to him about. And I was like, don't. No, I've been let, texting. I've been but texting. But don't let me know that you are also gonna do the thing I'm doing. Like it was just such like a. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he wants me to do it too. I'm like, oh. I t- I texted back and forth with him, and I, the thing I like about Joe is that he's like, he'll text me, and then he'll be like, hey, I'm not gonna be the guy that moves to L. A. and doesn't text and talks people that I care about. And then you're like, great. And then I don't reply to like five of them. And he's like, just give me a heads up. <laughs> Tate did that with me one time. He texted me a couple times back and forth. And then he just wrote back and I didn't reply to like three of them. And he just wrote back, I'm starting to get feelings about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so bad at replying to You hang to out with Tate that much? No, no, no. I, t- I text I with him. I fucking love Tate. I love Tate. Tate is so great. I text him back and forth with him and I think he, I think, I think he's one of the cooler, more inspirational dudes. I love Tate. He's great. I, love I mean, Joe, he's the only one I let. Joe DeRosa, Joe DeRosa and I worked at Comics. It was a club in New York back yeah. in the day. We're working. I remember Comics. Together. And Jessica Curson is the feature. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know anything about her. I go in. I'm headlining and Joe comes, does a set, comes off, brings on Jessica. And he goes, uh, just very blatant. I'm sure Joe doesn't want me to say it like this. Just, uh. Not real funny, real loud, real hard to follow. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, yeah, a lot of faces. You should take a look at it to know what you got to deal with. I go, really? He goes, it's going to be tough. <laughs> like, really? He goes, yeah, you're not going to like it, but it's going to be tough. And I went around and it's, you know, Jessica Curson is just a fucking. She crushes, though. She fucking destroys. I, mean, she I juggled my nuts all week. <laughs> I mean... Joe was very accurate. Well, Joe's, he's always foreshadowed all my bombs, too. He's like, this is going to be a bomb week. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, and then I'll be, I'll call him like, oh my god, I saved my dick for a full weekend. <laughs> Holy shit! Joe's a Philly person, right? Yeah, he's from. Um, Is that how you became friends with Metzger? Metzger, I became friends with. No, we just met in the in the comedy scene. He came and did. He actually, I used to do a show in Greenpoint, produce a show and host it in Greenpoint years ago, and I would pay. I would pay. I got like twenty percent of the bar. It was a really good deal. So I'd pay headliners to come in for 150 bucks to just do 20 minutes or something. And then yeah. I would just book um, other comedians. And so I paid him 150 bucks to come in. I get them a car and stuff. I, he comes in and he wants to go up early. I'm like, okay. And it's like my lightest show. There's only, there's probably like 50 people there. And I usually would get it more packed. So there's 50 people there. And two of them, uh, we would play, play karaoke. We'd have karaoke afterwards. And so I was on the subway and I overheard this like big lesbian black woman talking to her gay friend about how they want to do karaoke. And I go, oh, I actually have a show tonight, a comedy show. You should come. I'm hosting it. We got great comedians. We got this comedian, Kurt Metzger. We got it's going to be awesome. You should come. And then we do karaoke afterwards. And they're like, oh, well, it's our first week living in New York. Like we've never been to a comedy show. Like, and I'm like, I promise you, you're going to have a great time. It's going to be incredible. 
it's going to be great for you. And they were like, okay, let's do it. And it was just like watching their faces be like, let's take a chance. Right. We'll go all the way to Greenpoint for this. So they show up and then everyone's sitting in the back and the show is just not filled up how it usually is. So I bring everyone up. I go, come on guys. The show is going to be better if you come up front, like just come closer. I promise you guys are going to have a great time. Right. I go to their table. They're way in the back and I go, guys, you can come sit up front. I almost don't want you to tell the story so that I can use my imagination. (laughs) Come up front. Like, I promise. And the girl's like, okay. Again, she's like, let's take a risk. I'm not much of a risk taker, but today is my risk day. So they sit right up front. And like when I see them right up front, I go, oh, I didn't want them to sit like in the front row. So they're sitting in the front row. And, um, and I think Mark Norman went on first. I got to see Mark Norman do stand up. Everyone's been talking about him, about how funny he is. Mark- oh, fuck Mark Norman. Oh, really? <laughs> no, well, just if everyone's saying he's funny, no. then I will be the one that says he's not. No, he's funny, but he does. He he gets away with saying like kind of racist things and things like that because of the way his jokes are structured. He's very like they're so obviously jokes. So he can yeah. kind of get away with. Okay. I've never seen him. I've never seen him. I, I don't even know him. I I, I just I was no, somewhere. Cool. I was somewhere in uh in I was in Atlanta and Marshall Charles was like, "Have you seen Mark Norman? He's the guy you have to watch." And I was like, "Great." I, I think because I'm getting older, I'm in this Stanhope vibe where I'm like, I'm like, I want to watch anyone that anyone says is funny. Yeah, you know? I but, understand. But uh, so keep going. So no, so he went up and so he's talking. He's doing jokes about race that aren't necessarily racist, but he's talking about race. The first comedian, yeah. right? He's just talking about it a lot. And then I'm like, oh, well, this will be fine. And yeah. and then Kurt's like, can I go up next? And I was like, or he's like, can I go up next? And I was like, uh, sure, whatever, you fucking monster. So he goes up and he says, what is the first thing he says? Where he's doing something. He's trying to do crowd work with the with the cup with the girl and her gay friend. And she and he goes, oh, is that your man? And she goes, uh, I don't know if you know, but black people don't like to claim ownership over each other. And Kurt's like, huh? And she's obviously already on edge because Mark was talking about race, right? Yeah. And Kurt doesn't know that this happened or anything. Yeah. And he's like, what? And so she just comes at him like, how dare you racist white man? Like really like gets really mad. And then Kurt's reaction is he goes, oh, I'm actually seeing the scarf on your friend now. This is a fucking runway coach course that's not your boyfriend or something like that and then yeah. she's like and you're gonna insult that he's gay like and so she's getting really mad and kurt just gets in this argument with her right away i mean just gets in an argument with i her. mean immediately right and i'm like this bitch like <laughs> begged her to come to this like i promised her the night the best night of her life i was like this will be amazing oh and kurt and so i'm like i feel guilty because i made her but she's being crazy and i'm feeling bad for both of them i'm like what is yeah. going on I made her sit up front. And so Kurt ends up, Kurt's like winning the argument, right? Kurt's, yeah. I'm totally on uh, Kurt's you can't, side. You cannot out logic, outfight right. Kurt. You can, he'll change his mind though. He's oh, yeah? really open. Like, no, if no, you no. give him a good argument. I have a good Kurt but, story after, but keep going. So he's like, and he's winning and he's doing a good job, but everyone's super uncomfortable because it's just so fucking awkward. It's just, there's not enough people in the room for this to be okay. Yeah. So he's like, he's doing it and, um, and then he's winning, and then he goes, all right, Precious. And I was like, you lost! You got her Precious! You lost! You just bullied her for it. Like, yeah. just like, and it was just like this thing where she's crying, she walks off, and then I'm not hosting that night. Someone else, like these two other girls were hosting. Rich Voss. It was Rich Voss. <laughs> who says, <laughs> so they go, so they're in the back, like, screaming and crying, and I can hear them, and I'm like, uh, I'm like trying to figure this out. He thought she was coming up to buy him a drink. 
Kurt's so crazy. Like Kurt's like, I thought she was coming up like to apologize and buy a drink, but she was coming up demanding an apology from him. Yeah. And it was just this like crazy argument. So finally I get the girl to bring me up. And I just am like, I just tell the whole story about how I begged them to come to the show. And I oh. fixed it out of that way. But it yeah. was just like the most awkward thing. So that's how Kurt and I oh. first met. He called me uh, the other night. It's like, and I, I talk to Kurt when I run into him. Yeah. And maybe we'll like text or oh, something. Oh, he's the greatest. And he just called me the other night. And I was like, just call me off guard. And I go, Metzger. So I pick it up. I'm like, fuck, some, something's going down. Something happened. Yeah. And he's like, dude. Do you hate this person? <laughs> and I was like, I do. And he goes, Oh, me too. And we talked <laughs> for thirty greatest. minutes about just shitting on one person for thirty minutes. When you find took, someone that I hates listen, the same person as you, it's a beautiful, it's a golden moment. In your I life. listened to him get. Where the fuck is this from? I listened to him get in a cab, <laughs> drive all the way to his his house, his apartment, get out of the cab, pay for the cab, go upstairs. Get into his apartment, get settled, sit down, and we finished the conversation yeah. on his couch. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was like, and and he did the majority of the talking because he found out that I didn't like the person. Yeah. Oh, and he, and he got excited. He I goes, I can't wait to find out who it is. I'm uh, sure I'll I hate tell you, them. Yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I, Kurt and I have the same uh, hatred for people. Uh, me and him were, were, had the same experience with the same person. Oh. And so uh, we just, and, and Patrice was the, a catalyst almost for Kurt's experience and and like so whatever Patrice said to Kurt I got to hear Patrice say that to me yeah. because that was the same advice he had given Kurt. Oh, that's cool. And so it was really fucking it was a great it was yeah, a Kurt's great I I best. love him. I him I you know I said this to maybe I said this to him. I've said it to somebody. Him and Jay uh are two people and, and Kevin Hart as well, but Kevin is so different globally right, different yeah. but like there are two people that i i like i liked before they were and anything other than just themselves yeah like because they were because they weren't getting set, sets yeah. they weren't doing a ton of spots at the boss mm-hmm. comedy club and i was working the door so we were basically three open micers just hanging out yeah and getting to know each other yeah like we couldn't get each other anything we couldn't give each other yeah. anything we couldn't help each other yeah. and so we just ended up liking I feel like each that's other still exactly the same <laughs> do, yeah. do you guys think that's changed <laughs> i don't think any of you can do a fucking well, thing for metzger, anyone else <laughs> metzger the, and then the next time i ran into them like like because i moved out to la and then i ran into them they were both working on mark maron's show yeah. um never mind the buzzcocks and kurt was writing jay was doing crowd doing warm-up and like they came to my green room and they're like, dude, like almost like we'd made it. <laughs> we did it. And then Metzger was like, tell me everything you know about dot, 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 uh, this person. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> and he goes, hold on one second. Let me go get Marin. And he comes back <laughs> and he's like, Marin's like, I want the gossip. So yeah. I fucking, it was like, it was the best. And then I just run into them. Kurt made me laugh harder than any one individual made me heart laugh in a live show. It was right after, um, it was right after. Now, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I want this. I don't remember. My me- recollection is gonna be shady. Yeah. So I'm making sure that everyone's taken care of. But it was for Pete Holmes's live podcast in Montreal. I don't remember everyone on the show, but I remember that. In, and I love Pete to death. But Pete always has a very liberal take on everything. Yeah. He very. He's always very generous. Yeah. And he doesn't. Whereas Kurt is a little bit the opposite. Yeah. Kurt looks for the, looks for the the ankles to take yeah. out and. Pete's always trying to get people back on their feet. Yeah. So they were talking about 
Trayvon Martin. <laughs> and uh, oh, I shouldn't be to laugh when I say his name. No, it's, it's horrible, so funny. I laughed. Too. They was <laughs> Trayvon Martin. I just have the feeling of what's happening. And Pete was explaining what a great. I'm guessing what a great process this has all been that we're all learning. And you know, all these campaigns. They have a campaign. Uh, they have a campaign where they're putting everyone's wearing hoodies and Kurt just, I can feel him light up next to me. Yeah. I'm in between the two of them yeah. and he just goes, oh, I saw that. They're f- fucking putting pictures of people in, in a in a hoodie going, would you shoot this guy because he's wearing a hoodie? He goes, they had a picture of Martin Luther King in a hoodie. And they're like, would you shoot, shoot him in a hoodie? He goes, they shot him in a suit. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> lost it. I, I literally, I, one of my favorite things he's ever said. By the way, Kurt has like three of my favorite things anyone's ever said ever. Yeah, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. And when you hear Jay dissect Kurt, I fucking double like Jay came in. Jay is one of my favorite people too. Uh, Ari, like I, there's oh, a, so great. There's a crew that's good. There, and they're you should have been are, a fucking moon tower this this time. I don't know why you weren't there. You were missing. I, I was in production. I it think. was so fun. Uh, I was. I saw. I talked to. I actually texted back and forth with uh, the people over at Opie and Jim mm-hmm. Roland, and I was like, Annie Letterman's there. She's so fucking yeah. funny. If you guys, if you guys hook up, yeah, I've done it. I did O and A a couple times. I'm gonna go do it. Yeah, he's been texting me. I'm gonna do it when I'm in New York. Um, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna. I'm supposed to go. What time is it? I have to do a podcast at one. Oh, I'm fine. When are you going to New York? Um, June, I think. Oh. June, very beginning of June. Perth Conqueror airs Jan- June seventh, so I'm going out to promote it. I'll probably do OP. And, hopefully, I'll do OP and Jim. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll do Bennington. I know that I talked to Chris Stanley about um doing something for my hour special. While I'm out there, and what's then, it? Is it going to be on Netflix? Uh, Showtime. Showtime. Yeah, Sweet. I'm old school. I'm not a cord cutter. <laughs> not yet. I, wanna, I so badly want. You're to such do... a cord cutter. <laughs> You're, everything you're doing is cord cutting. You're like leading the movement. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm. 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 Uh, I'm. I'm. I love where you're a vlogger, bro. I know. You're a fucking vlogger. I did my stuff. You're the up. oldest vlogger. I am. I might be the oldest vlogger. I think you're the oldest vlogger. Well, I, what I like about it is that it there was a time when that process of getting shooting your own video, upload editing it and uploading it was so difficult. Yeah. That it really kind of I think I ended I don't want to be in my side of the business, like single camera hosted single camera hosted reality television side of the business. Yeah. Um there are so many people that are hired guns that don't know anything. They go out, they yeah. shoot things, they go to their hotel room, they don't hang out with the crew, they don't learn, they don't know anything about anything, yeah. they don't give notes. And I was that guy for for like three years. I was that guy my whole life. And then three years into doing Travel Channel shit, I was just like, I don't care, I don't know. And then, and then I got on a show where the network told me, this needs to be your show. You need to make this show. Yeah. You need to. You need to be the big dick, and you need to know everything about it. And uh, and I was like, okay. And I started paying attention, and 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 then it and then I got to the place where I was like, like I was like we're doing shit, and I was like, oh, I, I bought my own GoPro. That was the first thing I bought my own yeah. GoPro, and I was like doing stuff. And then I bring my GoPro, and then I have that footage, and I can look at it later. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then, really honestly, Casey Neistat, and I've I've kind of been flip-flop back and forth about what he makes because i do feel like it is very that sometimes his ego takes over the art and and i don't know who he is he's he's one of the probably the biggest vlogger out there oh really but him and this guy mr ben brown got me into vlogging and i thought oh what if i do that i did it in philly and you talked about vlogging to me and i'm like should i vlog my mom by the way watches amazing race and they're doing like internet celebrities are on amazing race yeah so she calls me and she goes 
Annie, I know what you have to do. <laughs> like, mom, please stop this nonsense. She's like, you need to get a YouTube channel. I was like, I'm going to hang up on you immediately. No, it's, So now the, I can't get one because my mom's going to think she fucking. The thing is, it's not, it's not vlogging per se, but it's, it's because it, Sigur, I, I, I will say this out loud. I know, uh, and I know that I'm wrong because every time I yeah. believe I started something, I'm always actually totally right. wrong. <laughs> but I started Segura on vlogging. Yeah, I we went out to dinner. Me, him, and his wife. It's my, you can see my vlog. Yeah, with him. With them, yeah. And I, and he made fun of me. He goes, "What are you doing?" So I'm doing a vlog, and he goes, "What are you thirteen? His wife yeah. goes, "What are you thirteen? Yeah. And I go, "No." And then I talked to Tom about it. I go, dude, I think, you know, with what we're doing with podcasting, this is an extension of that. I don't even have a podcast. I think podcasting, I think podcasting nowadays, what I'm doing is obsolete. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think anyone could just start a podcast where you talk to people. I think it's really hard to do that. Yeah. I think if you're going to do a podcast, you have to have, you need to Bill Burr it and fucking figure out your theme and do a theme or yeah. come up with an idea and make it like oh, guys I we hate. fucked. Uh, that's a popular one. Or like hood stories or like uh two guys one is hood stories just about um uh, it's called tax season it's about oh i thought it was about trayvon no tra- tax season is about like, oh, you didn't like my trayvon joke i, I missed it <laughs> um but are you leaving yeah i'm out no i just my <laughs> <laughs> <like> bomb glasses <laughs> so but like i think pot like uh jen kirkman's got a good one of like I think she takes, or maybe that's Chelsea Pretty that takes phone calls. Yeah, like those are good. You gotta have like a theme to do a podcast. But I think an extension is like I put up that Stanhope vlog, and like the things I, the responses I got were like so different than anything else. Like, like what were they? Uh, how cool! It looks like you guys had so much fun. Like, they oh like why you'd have a good time? Like, yeah, like um. Man, I'd give my I'd give my firstborn to hang out with Doug. It is man. Thank you so yeah. much for showing me what it looks like. Oh, because like. then they got to feel like they, they were got there. To feel like they were there, and they listen to the podcast, and they like the podcast. Yeah. And so it's it's a different energy. They're all positive. I like. I mean, don't I'm not begging for negatives, but like, but they're all like really like, hey, thanks for doing this in a weird way. Oh my god, I and, can't even imagine that being one of my comments. Thank you so much. <laughs> like all the comments, you get, I'm sure you get shitty ones, you know, you guys are both alcoholics and you're like, yeah, but we were just two friends yeah. hanging out. And so like I think that I don't know. I've 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 preached this almost too much. I think the next step is virtual reality. Uh by the way. Yeah. 100%. I've pitched this to Joe and to Jamie. A number of times, Joe Rogan and Jamie, yeah. young Jamie, um, is that if you because have you done any of the VR stuff? I went to the VR convention. My friend and I, my best friend's an animator, and we used to we made actually we used to make all these hot dog videos. That now Seth Rogan has a full movie that's called the same. We it was called Sausage Party, and we would do different. We'd remake different movie trailers with hot dogs starring in them but we would do it like scene for scene shot for shot and we would just like decorate food pretty much yeah and make them and now there's a movie coming out about hot dogs I, called sausage party i saw that yeah did you see the movie no no, no i saw the trailer um i was like oh <laughs> okay but it's but i think the next extension is if there but we is, wanted to do vr i think, I think well no I, I i think two things i think vr in rogan's podcast where it is such an immersive podcast where you listen to it and you feel like you're in the room. Mm-hmm. Well, if you could be in the room and you could smoke your own joint and have your own cocktail and listen and like yeah. literally watch him talk to Tate and yeah. go like this and and be in, in the when they do the uh the UFC yeah. ones and just watch them. That is 
that is next level. Yeah. Like it is I guess right now the streaming isn't 100% there, so Jamie's more on top of that than I am. But I do I do think with this cord cutting and and all of our friends are the ones that have been saying it, but like podcasting is like I don't I don't this drives all my ticket sales. Yeah. Um and then my TV show technically doesn't really sell tickets for me. However, I think if I made my own TV show and put it online of what I like or what I do, that that could, if it caught some traction, it could generate. Because if you're getting an audience that is watching your, what something you authentically like, so you're doing something you authentically like and then they're watching it and then you're going to gather the people. It's like how Rogan got all the UFC people and MMA people. He's genuinely interested in hunting, science, uh, spirituality, yeah. uh, psychedelics. Like, so in a weird way, he just does what he wants to do. And then he, not only does he aggregate all those people that are interested in that too, but he introduces them to so many more avenues, myself included. I was a fan of Rogan's based, honestly, based on news radio. I yeah. love news radio. Then I heard, I heard his podcast and I was like, I like his stand up. I used to like that he did the Joe show. Yeah. I used to watch that. I used to like, I used to like, Watching him online, and then I was like, "Well, if he's got a podcast, all the shit he's putting online, I Charles like." Charles Mancia thing was cool. Yeah, and and then he stood up for comics, yeah. and then I watched his podcast, and I'm like, I listened to his podcast, and I was like, "Holy shit, man, this is great!" Yeah. And I'm, I've grown exponentially because of his interests. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, if I did the same thing I'm doing here, but I do I do a solo, a solo TV show, put it online, and just shit I'm interested in. Yeah. I, I think that w- that why wouldn't that be? I mean, I spend so much yeah. time watching YouTube. I literally, yeah. I it's it's like a hole. I sit back there and I just start scrolling. Yesterday, I watched um, Ricky Gervais fight the women on the View, like just oh, argue with them. Oh, that sounds great. And it was, and I'm like, do you know the greatest video on YouTube is the clip from Ricky Gervais from that show he had short. What was it called with the where he had it was him and the little guy. Oh, oh what was it? But he had um, Liam Neeson on. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Ching, ching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the show. The full-blown AIDS thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know. Oh, it's the funniest. Really? We'll have to watch it before I leave. It's the funniest fucking thing. What is thing. it? It's just the short, like, I remember this he had like sketch a... that he did with that guy. Extras? Oh. No. It wasn't extras. It was just, oh. It's so funny. It's the funniest thing. I'll text it to you. The... It's like my favorite thing I've ever seen. The funniest. I watch it to remember that comedy's good. I watch, I wa- I watch a couple things on repeat yeah like a couple one is patrice schooling that broad uh, that's the t- the title of it uh-huh. on msnbc did you ever see that uh-uh. okay that might be the best thing ever <laughs> that might be the best thing ever uh patrice doing that is one of my favorite things i will go back and watch elephant in the room once yeah. a month i watch the whole thing yeah because the way he does stand up and that is so different than i've the one that i've seen anyone do it um uh, one of the things I was just about to say. Oh, I will go back and watch. There's one thing Ricky Gervais did on. Uh, He's so funny. On The Office. Do you ever see the one where on the British Office where the guy's talking about how to, customer service and how you talk to a customer and this is not how to do it and he and they're going back and forth and Ricky Gervais is the like is the guy that works at the hotel and the guy walks in and he goes, "Hello," and he's like. Ricky's voice like, yeah, and he's, I, I'm fucking it up. But he's like, uh, something's wrong with the elevator. No, he goes, uh, something's wrong with my room. And then Ricky Gervais tries to help him, and he goes, don't know, don't care. Don't know, don't care. And so then they flop it. I, I'm fucking it up totally, but 
Ricky Gervais is like, let me, I'd like to take, try to take a stab at that. He goes, walks up and he goes, <laughs> he goes, sometimes you can show the opposite side. He goes, hello. And then the other guy, the guy who works at corporate is pretending to be the guy that works behind the counter. Yeah. And he goes, uh, don't know, don't care. And Ricky Gervais <laughs> goes, but there's something wrong with the elevator. And he goes, don't know, don't care. And he goes, I think you might care. And he goes, oh, no, don't care. And the guy goes, Ricky Gervais goes, there's been a rape. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking it up so bad. But he just. It's oh, it was so like his. You have to watch this. You'll love this video. Really? Uh, yeah, you're gonna like the video. Oh. It's so funny. It's Liam Neeson coming to him for advice. He wants to get into comedy, so he's coming oh. to Ricky Gervais for comedy advice, and it's the fucking funniest thing. And they do like an improv scene. I I can be honest with you. I was think I was watching him. You know the one with uh, him, Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and Louis C.K. The mm. oh, com- where they're all like sitting yeah, they're all talking. sitting in the. I was like, I was like, actually that. That um, outline of the conversation could be a, a just its own podcast. Yeah, just every question Ricky Gervais asks them, just ask a comic. Yeah, like they're all really fascinating. Like, what do you think about turning over your hour every year? Um, people doing that. Yeah, what do I think about that? I think that that's too much. I, I think, think it's that, too much for some people. I just don't think, yeah, I think that, I don't think that it should be like the norm. There's people that come out. I'm like, what the fuck are you even doing? It's like not even comedy. Oh, people when, think they're like giving TED Talks, I think. You see people's specials where you're like, what are you explaining? Yeah. I. You're calmly explaining something to a room full of people? I watched, uh, I worked with a, I worked with a feature who was like, yeah, I try to turn over my hour every year. I go, hold on. You're still featuring, like yeah. Just you, you should really work on getting a good twenty minutes. Just be good. Just be good. Just there's no reason to put something out into the world that's not absolutely hilarious. If you're Louis C.K., then yeah, challenge yourself because yeah. you're that good. And if you're Bill Burr, definitely but I challenge love yourself. like all of these like you know comedians who've been doing comedy for like five years and are like I've got to be like Louis C.K. It's like just chill. Louis C.K. wasn't like Louis C.K. for twenty years anyway. Well, that was the big difference is that like. I think it had something to do with the thievery whole genres that comics were all of a sudden everyone can release a, an album. And so like when I when I was 30, I mean, I remember I remember there was a comic I was talking to and he was on his fifth album and he was my age. And I went, you did five hours? Like, yeah, you realize that probably none of those should have been released. Yeah. Like, well, and then they're just there. Why would you even have them there? What do you do? You, it's not even... I don't know. I don't think I'm not. I'm never in a rush. I'm not in a rush. What's your goal? What's my goal? I want to be a billionaire. Like through? No, I want to. I don't know. My goal is I want to. I want to make good things. I want to make something that's good. I like drawing, so I want to. I've been working on an idea for a pilot that's like a hybrid of animation and live action and stuff like that. I don't know. I just want to like. But do you want? Do you want like? Uh... Do you want your own talk show? Do you want your own sitcom? I don't want my own talk show. You don't? I don't. No, I did that for like a second. I don't, it's just not the format I really like. I think that people want me for that a lot and it's just not, if it was the right talk show, but from what I've done so far, it was, it's really unfun for me. What about like a sitcom? Yeah, I would want a, like a single cam. What about like stand up wise? Like, like, cause I, I think a, I was just talking, I was talking to my therapist about it, but he was like. He said to me a very interesting proposal. I was saying, I just don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want. Right. And he goes, well, I, by the way, I'm sure I shared this with somebody at some point. So I'm sure I'm retreading over this conversation. But he said, if you had, if you were given a, a fund of $20 million 
tomorrow and you could and you could just do whatever you want like you now you had your own production company right you get to and it's your content you get to make whatever mm-hmm. you want what would you do first what would you do second what would you do third and i went through my list and i was like that's interesting so what would you do if you had, if you were given 20 million dollars to do i would make a movie yeah. i would want to animate i would want to make a live action movie animate or some sort of hybrid and i would um i would make a probably scripted tv show yeah Mm-hmm. Stand up? Would you still do stand up? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Would you tour, or would you yeah. just be like, or would I? What? What's the? I don't know. Option? Part of me is like, part of me goes twenty million dollars. I wonder how much I'd tour versus just be, just do a show here and just, there. Just maybe buy a theater. Yeah, you know? buy a theater and yeah, just buy be a there all the time. In LA and just be like, people can just come to see you whenever. And just, and no, and just be like, I just tell all my friends and comp tickets for everyone is 20 million dollars yeah just make the most amazing comedy show ever and but just don't you like, feel like people even people with 20 million dollars want more million dollars oh uh if you gave me five million dollars i'd probably be set for the rest of my life yeah i'd probably slow down a lot i'd be like if you gave me five million dollars said here's five million dollars what do you want to do i honestly i might really set my family down and go let's go buy an island like let's go let's go buy a bar on Catalina yeah. and let's live on Catalina and just enjoy the island yeah. and have people come out. We'll do a comedy show out in Catalina. Mm-hmm. We'll bring headliners out. People I would just still want to perform all the time. Wouldn't you want to keep performing? All oh the yeah, time? yeah. I'm never stopping stand. up. I would never stop. Stand-up. I would never stop stand up. Uh, but but touring, I probably I'd probably dial down my touring if I didn't need the yeah. money. Like I just do stand up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or I'd make touring more comfortable. Yeah. I'd get like a very solid tour bus. Right. Um, at fly, I'd, one of the things I'd love to do, like people always go, well, it's a little wasteful to fly on private jets. One of the things I'd love to do is bang out a show Saturday night, get on the plane at fucking one in the morning and fly to LA. Yeah. Just be back. Oh, that's like a, like, that's one of my, one of my tent poles is like, it would be cool to have a private jet and just get on a jet and fly home. Do you leave really early on Sunday? Yeah. Like 6am. Yeah. So in a weird way, I'm kind of doing that, but yeah. it's like it's just I'm getting like two hours of sleep. Yeah. I think I'm taking years off my life. Well, I sometimes I'll, sometimes I go early, and then other times I'm like I'll just wait it out and go later. But then you're like uh, in this I've, weird limbo in the fucking. Hotel. I've done that. Here's the problem: is that if weather comes in, you're the fucking. You know, you yeah. don't. I've, I, it, that happened to me in uh, in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Is I said, you know what? I'm not going to kill myself. Sunday, right. I'm going to take my time, get home. And I was like, I got like a, a noon flight. Yeah. Perfect. Eight o'clock, I get a phone call, and they're like, your flight's been delayed. Your flight's been delayed, 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 delayed. Next thing you know, they're like, it's been pushed on Monday. Because now all the people that are on the early flights are on the first flights out. Yeah. And then I got pushed. My flight, I stayed in Des Moines until all through Sunday. So it's actually a pretty fun time, though, hanging out in Des Moines by yourself. Yeah. Like, I, it is fun when you're trapped. Well, I'm going, are you going to the um, the festival in... Uh... I don't really do festivals that much. Why you're like such a perfect festival person? No, but, no, because I'm not. Fun I'm, hang. I'm a middle. I'm a middle ground of like I'm not famous enough. It's to in headline. Dublin though. You're not doing this one. No, I gotta find someone because I'm not gonna. There, it's like a three day thing. I'm not gonna go to Dublin. Is this Dom Herrera's one? I don't know. What's it called? Kill Kenny? No, it's called the Dublin Comedy Festival. I think. No, I don't. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is how comedy festivals work. You either can do, you either can have fun and do a bunch of like, like. I'll do 15 minutes shows, mm-hmm. or you can do, you have to you be have famous, your, the feature, and yeah. you have to do hours. I'm not famous well, enough Ari, to do hours. Well, no, Ari did it at did Moon Tower. Yeah, he had his own show. Yeah, Ari's, I think that. actually Ari might be more famous than I am. Yeah. Yeah. You guys feel like the same to me. Well, yeah, I think we feel the same to each other, but I think when you look at, like, he's got his own 
show. I mean, one of you is way skinnier than the other. He's got his own show on Comedy Central. I don't know if I brought this up, but you're (laughs) overweight. (laughs) Fuck. Don't even tell me. I'm like, I said to my wife the other night, I gave her like the. Your wife's hot. I remember we were at Josh Wolf's house when I met you and you were like, you said that you and your wife look at him and his wife and you're like, fuck you. Oh, Josh Wolf's wife is like fucking smoking hot. But your wife's hot and she doesn't, she's not. She's like mediocre. (laughs) I was expecting your wife to be hideous by the way you were talking about her. I know. I was like, are you kidding me? She's. I think she's hot. She. She is hot. She hit a home run today. Morning, she was like, "I was like, I, I don't know. I've been going through this whole thing about like I'm trying to work the bit out, but it's like so much of a relationship's predicated on sex when you first start dating. Mm-hmm. But that's like it actually becomes something that, and I hate when people go, I hate these sitcoms where married men to always complain about not getting laid. But yeah, that's actually very. It's real. That's what life is yeah. about. Life is this thing where guys. Sexuality, like my wife was like, if you can have sex, how many times a month would you want to have sex? And I said, probably like 18 times, like definitely yeah. 18 times. And my wife was like, uh, there she is right there. Yeah, she's like, with who? She And she was like, <laughs> she was like, I, I'd have it once. And I was like, what? And so, uh, I don't know where this was going. But, and I said, the joke I was saying is like, it would be so different if like the honesty of a relationship was laid down at the very beginning yeah. of how this is what it will be forever yeah. and your wife and like your girlfriend would call you and be like hey what are you doing tonight and you're like nothing you're like you want to come over i'll have a few drinks and maybe we'll clean my fridge <laughs> and you're like uh i guess so my um yeah and when the beginning of the relationship you have like the good three to six months where you're just it's like Non-stop. i remember just like i'm like i'm just gonna make you jizz with every meal I'm just going to make you jizz in different ways. It'll be great. And I'm like, you know how to make yourself jizz, babe. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, so I'll give him jerk. I'll I'll give him hand jobs in the shower. Turbo jerks is what I call them. Turbo Where jerks. Where he's in the shower and I'm not even in the shower and I'm just coconut oil just jerking. Are you off. serious? Yeah, it's clean. Clean it up. Oh my See, babe, god! I got to bring my wife in right now. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Turbo jerks such an easy. It's just like no one's dirty. Oh, I said we did Mother's Day. Uh, and we sent my wife and her three friends. You didn't make her fuck you on Mother's Day, did you? Uh, can I tell you something? <laughs> Hold on. Let's, let's, Are you let's the guy that's like birthday blowjob? And she's like, let's but it's work, my birthday. Let's work this backwards. <laughs> she, but it's my birthday. She, we sent her and her four friends to the Four Seasons out in Westlake Village. We got uh, full massages and then had a cabana by the You're pool like, I'm for gonna them get fucking laid. for the day. And, I, and my buddy's like... Uh, we better get laid for this. And I was like, um, no, getting laid is what we do on Tuesday. Yeah. We went all fucking out. I want to do, I want a hand job at Gelson's. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want, I want something she has to take a shower from the next, like, like I don't feel good. I, I think I'm going to, I don't want to make eye contact for a week. Like I want fucking next level. And my buddy's like, I'm like my, and then my other buddy goes, oh, we better be getting blowjobs. And then my buddy Tom's like, oh, they better be coming in on their knees. Because like, all the dads were here and we took all the kids and we, all the kids served them dinner. But I actually said to my wife that night, I go, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like you feel like you have to have sex with me. I don't want that. And she was like, good night. And it, uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. And she was like, uh, okay. And I was like, hold on. And then I threw a temper tantrum all day. And I was like, I was like, fine. Then I guess I won't talk to you, touch you, and this will be our new norm. I was looking at, did you see Blackfish, the yeah. documentary? Okay. Leanne! Oh, she's putting primer. Leanne, Hi. this is Annie. Nice to meet you. I've seen you we're all. Talking about, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about Mother's Day sex. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's so fun. And how you're a, a soldier. Today, yeah. Yeah. Aren't they the greatest? I have them in tons of different colors. I know. They they give you the secret here. Are you doing primer for the Girl Scout thing? Yes. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys have such a different life than me. Such a different life than him. Yeah. No one can hear you, babe. All right. I, lo- it was I love nice you. It nice to meet you, too. Um. Um, wait, what was I going to say? So you were saying, oh, have you seen Blackfish? Yes. The documentary. You know how they have to jerk the killer whale off? Yeah, no, I don't remember (laughs) that. Jerk him off so it's a murder? That's how I look at it. Like, I'm like, I just got to make him jizz enough to not like murder everyone. (laughs) Oh, that's right. To go on like a school shooting. Yeah. Because I I, do, there's like, my boyfriend's so nice. Like, he's a really sweet, kind person. Have you met him? He works at the improv? Uh, no. But I feel like I know him because I have your Snapchat. Yeah. But he's really nice. I know. I, I think I know your boyfriend. Him. I think I know your boyfriend. I'm constantly. Hum- it's my favorite. Yeah, I know thing your boyfriend because he he'll rap and stuff in the car, and I'm like, oh, I gotta get this. Yeah. And then he always he's like, stop, I'm not gonna do it. And then he always does it. But he's like really kind. So when I see like his eyes start to die, I'm like, jizz must come out. I told him my my agent's getting me all this Nike stuff. He did it to me once. He gave it to me like I got a package of like four different pairs of Nikes and like all these different Nikes clothes. And it was like, I say it's the best day of my life. Like yeah. including when my nieces and nephews were born, like I would drown them for these fucking outfits. <laughs> I mean, these hoodies, it's like amazing. And so my agent's like, I got good news. Nike's sending you another package. And I was so excited. I was like, I was like, I'm going to suck your dick when that package gets in, babe. <laughs> and my boyfriend's like, where are the Nikes? Where are the Nikes? He's so excited. I mean, I used to blow this kid all day. I mean, I used to just blow him all day long. And now I'm like special event. And then I've been getting my TMJ worked on. Yeah. And the doctor was like, make sure that you don't open your mouth wide. You don't chew anything. Like, don't like oh, shit. all of these things where I'm like, and I, so I had to come home from the doctors and be like, babe, I can't suck your We got bad You're news. not going to get a Nike blowjob. <laughs> I can't. Doctor's orders. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so fucking great. But he's oh. so, he's so grateful for anything he gets. He's Are you so, on the road much? Like, not enough. Not enough at all. I want, want to kill to my agent. Have I talked to you about this? No. Oh, no, yeah, it sucks. I, think I, had, I yeah. really. It's a yeah, we talked about it in. Uh, I would go anywhere. Uh, Montreal. Where were we? Vancouver. We were in Grand Rapids. No, Grand Rapids. Okay, yeah. I would go anywhere. I'm like not. I'm not a snob <sighs> about it. Yeah, no, he just sucks. I got to figure it out. But I'm doing like some. I got a little bit of stuff coming up. But he's a nightmare. I would love to be on the road more. There's a story I've been trying to tell you for since I met you that I keep forgetting to tell you about. From It's from my juvenile delinquent school. What is it? Okay. So it's weird to just go into it, but I've just been wanting to tell you forever and I want to get it before I leave. So I had, I went to the school. My graduating class was 17 kids. Really small alternative school. Everyone that got kicked out of other schools went there or like autistic kids. So it's either you're on the spectrum or you're like a bully. You're either yeah. bullied or a bully. And they put us all together and they had, you know, an art program, all this stuff. Really weird little school. Everyone is either dead in prison, works at a Verizon store, and there's one guy that's a cop. But everyone's like a nightmare. It's just they didn't teach us how to live our lives. So um, I always try to find a couple of my friends in high school. My best friend from freshman year, one of my best friends from freshman year of high school was this girl. Should I say her real name? I'll say her real name. Should I say her real name? Uh, already learned the hard way not to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say her real name. What should I make her name? Something really close to it. <laughs> Let's call her Jizz. Her name was Jizz. No, uh, <laughs> let's call her Sarah. All right, so my friend Sarah, I was looking for 
Uh, she was freshman year. She was my really good friend. Then she got taken away. She was like this really bad kid. We were yeah. all bad, but she was rich bad. So she was one of those kids where it was like she could have killed her parents. I think she was one of those. Yeah. Like she'd be like, tell us stories. Because we all like fake hated our parents. We're like, yeah, fuck you, mom. You suck, bitch, or whatever. Yeah. But we didn't really want we anything really, bad to happen. We'd yeah. like, love your mom. On Sundays, you were like, what's for dinner? You're like, mom, I'm so sorry I did that. I love you. Don't tell my friends, but I love you. But Liz would be like, I had a dream that my mom died and I woke up crying. And like, oh, it must have been so sad. She's like, no, I was crying because my mom was still alive. And I'm like, oh, Liz, we're kidding. Yeah. Oh, I called her a real name. Oh, shit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, Liz. Liz, whatever. Oh, Liz, we're Damn kidding. it. All right, so Liz. Uh, so anyway, so she so she was just like the, this crazy girl, right? Her dad would buy her. Her dad was a brain surgeon. Her dad would buy her really nice cars. I remember she got a really nice convertible car. It was like a Mazda Miata, but when we were kids, we were like, this is the coolest car in the world. Yeah. She like, didn't like the color. She would like send it. I want a different one. Like, And things would happen for her like that. So if something was broken in her, it wasn't like she wasn't getting the things she needed. But so after freshman year, I think she was a year older than me. We hung out that whole summer and then she was coming back. You know, I was going to see her in homeroom or something when I got back and she wasn't there and she didn't show up. I was like, this fucking girl is such a badass that she didn't show up fucking the first day of school. It's so awesome. And then my advisor pulls me and she's like, I have to tell you something. Liz got sent away to another school. She got taken away to one of those schools where they kidnap you in the middle of the night, like a batter kid's school. Oh, wow. So I think she was selling drugs and stuff like she was selling coke. She was just like got like a little bit worse. Yeah. And her parents were so rich that they sent her to this place that cost more than Harvard. And they put they handcuff your kids in the middle of the night and they take them on an airplane and then they take them on outward bound. And then just like oh. therapy. It's like a really crazy, intense. School. I had a friend go on one of those. Yeah. But they don't tell you ahead of time. It's like crazy. And then they can yeah. never talk to you again. It's really. Uh, yeah. Grant Nations. I yeah. shouldn't have said his real name. <laughs> it's so hard to not say the real names. <laughs> yeah. I've, I haven't talked to that guy since. But like we couldn't. He got taken away and got sent away. Yeah. And then we saw him at Young Life like two years later. And I, and I didn't know that he couldn't talk to any of his old friends. And his mom was with him. We were like, Grant, what's up? And he's like. Yeah, and then you're like, they're weird pod people afterwards. Yeah. Like, what is this? But so Liz, I kept writing her letters because I had had my, my other, my my true best friend in freshman year had like fucked my boyfriend and done all these horrible things. And so Liz was was such a badass. It was so exciting that I was going to have her to attack this other girl with me. Yeah. Like she's like, this bitch is going down. And I was like, yes. And then she got taken away. And then I was like, fuck, I just had to become friends with the girl again because it was such a small school. I had no one to fight with me, so I was like, I guess it's fine. You fuck my boyfriend, you asshole. So um, so Liz gets taken away, and I keep writing her letters, and I'm like, damn, such a bitch. Like, she fucked Brad. Like, all this stuff. Like, oh, I hate her, but I've been hanging out with her. Like, just writing her all these letters and giving them to her mom. And her mom would read them, and because I was not being a bad influence, her mom was like, we'll let these letters go through. So she would give Liz the letters, and Liz couldn't write back or anything. And then... Maybe six months in, I don't know how long it was. It was that year. I get a call, a mumbled call left on my answer machine. We had like a kid's line. Yeah. So the kid's line guy, like it was like, Liz, right? And I couldn't hear what was happening. And then I get a call from a private investigator. This bitch escaped the school and was like in California, just like hanging out with people. I don't know what she was doing. Shut up. But like she fucking escaped this like crazy hard school. And they ended up finding her and bringing her back. And... um. And I didn't have any information or whatever, but 
about her because I couldn't understand the message. But it was just like this fucking this girl is like the coolest person in the world in my head. Right. I'm like, this is fucking she's such a badass. She goes back to the school. I don't really talk to her. I guess I send a couple more letters and that's it. And then um, I I our when our high school would have a graduation it was so small and everyone would go to it, but it was, you know, 17 kids. So it's this tiny graduation ceremony and we're all standing in a circle at the end of the year and her boyfriend who this girl had also fucked. So she, that's why we both hated her. Um, her boyfriend, when she had gotten taken away was graduating. So we're at the graduation ceremony and I'm looking around the circle and, and Liz had been, she was like, like a punk rock girl. Like she had different colored hair all the time. And, yeah. but she was like a rich girl, like really expensive punk rock clothes, really hot. Like every guy wanted to fuck her. Yeah. Really just this like beautiful, hot punk rock girl. And so she, um, so I look around and I see this girl and that looks familiar, but it's like a brown haired Bob. She looks like a Russian bride, like a rich Russian wife. And you know, like these nice, like, I don't know. They were just really like weird, just a totally different look. And I look and I see it's Liz. I'm like, Liz. And she's really, she has this moment. I'll never forget where she gets like really excited that she fooled me. She's like, yeah, it's me. Like really excited that she was able to pull this disguise off. And I'm like, damn Liz, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, I'm back. I'm changed. I'm better now. You know, my mom said I can hang out with you, but I'm not really supposed to hang out. I just came to see Mike and she's being really weird, but I know her too well. I know that she's just saying the things she needs to say to not get sent back to a school like that. I know she's full of shit. I'm like, there's no fucking way this girl changed. Like she was, there was something in her head. And so she, I remember she went off with Mike. I'll never forget it because she went off with Mike and Hannah was all pissed. I'm like, yeah, it's her fucking boyfriend, you cunt. But anyway, so... Then Liz is like, we should hang out. Let's go to like, come to the pool hall with me later. So I go meet her at this pool hall in Northeast Philadelphia and she's hanging out with all these Russian dudes and they're like not, they're like Russian dudes, like where you know that they have shovels in their trunks, like fucking terrifying. And I was like, uh, and I used to like hook up with gang. I can tell you all the stories about the gang members who's, I broke into houses with them when I was 14. They picked me up and I jumped out of my friend's house and then we went and swam in strangers pools and smoked blunts and stuff. I mean, I definitely did terrible things, but like. These guys were just not good. I just didn't like them. And I remember she pulled me aside and she's like, aren't they hot? I'm like, Liz, they're fucking scary. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, I like them. She's like, I'm getting tutored in Russian. Don't tell anyone. I want them to think I'm Russian. So she was getting, she was having a language tutor. come. She's like this fucking weird rich girl just using her money for like these crazy things. And I was like, all right. And I just lost track with her after that because I was like, I don't want to roll with those guys. And I didn't talk to her again. But for years, I always looked three people up i looked up liz that my friend that fucked everyone she's not on social media probably just to spite me yeah. or maybe to, i'm hoping to hide her adult acne i'm just praying she has adult acne and my boyfriend brad from who's in prison i always look for his mugshot so i always look for his mugshot for that girl hannah and then for liz and i could never find liz anywhere i'm like where is this bitch seven years i would search for her like every three months i'd think about it and i would try to find her and so last year I got a hit. I got a Google, I Google imaged her and a picture came up and she looked fucking beautiful. She's smiling. I was like, Oh my God, I found her. And then I click on it and it's a mug shot. Of course she's like smiling. She's a psycho. She's like yeah. smiling, <laughs> crazy person in this picture. Like it looks like a glamor shot. She looks gorgeous. Doesn't look like anything bad's going on in life. It's fugitive on fugitive.com. She's a drug queen pin that was busted seven years before. The reason she wasn't online is because she was on the fucking run. So she got busted on MySpace in this because she was gotten with the Rus- Russian mafia and she was selling drugs through MySpace or something. So she was a drug queen pin. 
her and two other guys got busted and she fled and she had disappeared and she'd been gone for seven years. And then I keep scrolling down. I'm like, oh my God, this is so crazy because all these things are making sense in my head. And I scroll down and it says, update, found shot in the head. They found her assassinated in a rental car in Canada. She had been on the run in the, and it was a heavy mafia area. She joined the Russian mafia, got busted, ran away to Canada and got fucking killed in shot in the head in a rental car she had all these different ids on her and stuff so then i kind of followed this trail and i found all these pictures of her dressed as different people different looks and stuff yeah all these different looks and stuff so everything like her when she disguised herself and everything like there's no other life this bitch would have wanted to live like she did she like lived her weird crazy get killed dream isn't that insane that's fucking insane that's insane we did it we did it to one of leanne's boyfriends we looked him up i forget who it was and she, i was like oh this is fun you never looked up an accent she was like no <laughs> she goes last i ran into him he was at uh he was working at a at a something factory type in that and then he was a salesman type in that so we type in his name type it in the first hit to like an obituary shit <laughs> and leanne's like oh my god oh my god i gotta call his little brother oh this is horrible and i go usually it's more fun than this <laughs> really that would be the most fun with my exes i would love an obituary oh, for some of it? them all right, I got to roll. I got a podcast at one over in Beverly Hills. Ooh, yeah, fancy. I yeah, I know. I'll tell you well, all about it. Well, that's the story I wanted to tell you. You're the best, Annie. I love Isn't hanging out crazy? with you. You're, I'm really glad. Uh, I'm really glad you are who you are because when we work together with Josh on that thing, I'm dying to see it when he gets yeah, done. Yeah, what is he going to do with it? I don't know. Just put it online. Yeah. Just put it online these days and just get people to come to your live yeah. shows. But uh, Ugh, I, I need you. Like, Will you be my manager? I was. I f- by the way, I, can I tell you what I want to do? I want to start a production company where you just go in and you have all the facilities for comics to make whatever they want. And you just have young kids who yeah. want to help them do it. And you just do it. And then they make their thing. And then, yeah. ta-da. And then they, this was yeah. something I made. It's really fun hanging out. When I met you, it was good. You, I met you at the right time because I was so depressed about that pilot not getting picked up. What was the My pilot? Met, I did a pilot with Kurt. With Kurt Metzger oh, and really? Monroe Martin and Dan Powell. No. And, it was, and I was like all pissed about a bunch of shit that went down. No, Josh, like you guys will really get along, and I was like, and it, you came in. And I, I think you had been on Chelsea, mm-hmm. and and I just had this glint, like broad stroke view of anyone oh, on Chelsea. Because I was like, I was like, I kind of got. Yeah, I wasn't on it that long. <laughs> I go, I kind of got the format of how that show yeah. worked, you know. And and there are some very funny people that were on that show, and then there are some very non. Well, a lot of people just had things, stand-up. yeah, that they would do. Yeah. I remember someone, one of the producers, telling me that they're like, "Well, people usually have like three go tos," and I was like, "I don't have three. I'm just gonna like be myself and say the jokes that yeah. are." And and I I kind of lo- like like I like there were people I liked that were on the show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Josh and Jen Kirkman, and mm-hmm. that I was like, "Oh, these were really funny people." And that and then there were these people that I was like, I I remember watching one of their clips and going, "That's that's not a joke." Yeah, like, that's, I understand that you're doing stand up now, but that's not a joke. Yeah. And that's not how jokes are structured. That yeah. is actually that's not even that's funny. a non joke. Yeah. Um. And so uh, he was like, "She's been on Chelsea, you love her." And I was in my head, I was like, "Oh, please be one of the funny ones." <laughs> and then immediately, the three of us just fucking started. That was so fun. And it was yeah. so much fun. And I was like, "God damn it, she is funny as shit." And Josh was like, "No shit, you think I'd hang out with a fucking idiot?" 
<laughs> and then we ran into each other again in uh this was my our serious podcast what this was our serious unfunny podcast <laughs> i think it was funny <laughs> it was two hours I, it'll be fucking great uh i can't wait to see what the video looks i have like, like 10 million stories i want to tell you um let's do another one yeah let's I'd do another to. podcast I'm, I'm here for like the next week and a half we'll do another one i'll release it later all right yeah i live on uh the 15th for three weeks yeah, i'm here sweet awesome uh what do you anything you want to promote just snapchat baby snapchat follow my snapchat follow my instagram follow my twitter and then I'm not doing anything. I mean, my next road gig is in end of July, Governor's Island. Good God. I mean, I want to kill him. You got to help me. You got to well, help me, well, get, we'll get you on the road. Why well, you should be doing helium. I know. It's my people. My I garbage know. people. Um, all right. Hey, thank you for doing this. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.